welcome to the Tuesday show, and we are back to our regularly uh, avail scheduled hosts here, myself, of course, Mr. Ultra David, and Tubo Wear. How you feeling, Tubo? Uh, I'm alive, baby. <laughs> That's about it. I'm, I'm alive. All right. Okay, well, me too. We're all happy about that. Thanks a lot for <laughs> joining us. Everybody, we got a Tuesday show for you. We're gonna be talking about. Hang on. Testing, testing. Yeah, we can hear you. He okay. can't hear us. As okay, well. no, 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 no. What happened was uh, my mixer crashed. My audio mixer crashed. So the voice meter app that I have that I use for all the audio just crashes on me all the time, and I don't know why, and it drives me nuts. But there you go. It died. All right. We just played the music again. What's up, everybody? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey, right, yeah. welcome back. How you feeling, hey, buddy? Thanks. You know, I feel swell. Couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't be better. That's fantastic to hear. And I'm also feeling fine. Great. And vaccinated. Let's hey, uh, talk too. about... Yes, Team Vaccine. I know you were showing us the card earlier. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. J&J. I hope everybody else is getting it. If you can, if that's available where you are. We have these news items to discuss. You could see there's some game news to get to, including from the Power Rangers and other stuff, too. We're going to talk about We Play. We're going to talk about other community news, some of which is great, some of which is bad news for sure. We have Foxy Grandpa on here, uh, who's the guest. Looking forward to talking with him about you know, playing, community, streaming, all sorts of fun topics like that. We're going to have interesting 5 vibe matchup questions for you this week. we got some that I'm looking forward to getting to. Tournament results. We have a couple of upcoming things to talk about that will happen this coming weekend. And then on the mailbag, we actually don't have a Casmer this week. What Sorry, happened? everybody. But there's Disappointing, Casmer. Disappointing. He's, he's slacking out there. But we do have a couple of good ones otherwise. So thanks to everybody for that. But let's begin by talking about Power Reungers. I love it. Look at this pun we have on the right side, the uh, whatever <laughs> side of the screen you got here. I don't know. I don't know what side it is, but check that pun out. Let's there talk we go. about it. Yes. Talk about it. Uh, he looks dope. He looks pretty cool. Well, first of all, what are talking about, Tubbo? What happened? What do you mean, what happened? Reuse in Battle for the Grid, apparently, in Chun Li 2. Uh, well, they, they showed a trailer, and Ryu is a Red Ranger of sorts, and, I mean, he looks like TVC Ryu to me. Ryu, the Crimson TVC. Hawk Ranger. Yeah, and sure, Crimson Hawk. and Chun Li, Blue Phoenix Ranger. They're both in there. Yeah, there was a trailer that's showing off Ryu. Apparently, he'd been in the Power Rangers Legacy Wars mobile game before this. Yeah, that's yeah, right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. as well. Okay, cool. So it's not like the first time that there's a crossover between these two universes. But yeah, I, so let's talk a little bit about how he looks. He actually looks, I think, super cool. I really like how he's, he he's animated well. His options look cool. What do you think? I think he fits the game pretty well. Uh, surprisingly well. There's already, you know, some Ryu-like characters in the game. <laughs> uh, and he is, he is full Ryu. Like I said, I, I, I think he... Reminds me of a TVC Ryu, probably, from what I was seeing. So, yeah, he looks dope. He looks really cool. Uh, yeah, the fact that the red firewall causes a crumple and then you can get a combo from, like, really far away is a pretty sick option. Um, 
I mean, I haven't kept up very closely with the game, but yeah, he, he is animated really nicely and his combo roots look cool. And I don't know. I think it's great, man. What do you think yeah. about this, James? Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the trailer yet. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's, like, it's like a I, minute long. I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, I'll watch it right now, I guess. Do we have, did you link the trailer anywhere? Or? I sure did. Okay. There's also a Chun-Li that will be in there. It's not just for yeah, you. Yeah, they tease her at the end of the trailer. Only a teaser. That's always. Ow, that was loud. Okay. All right. I'm going to watch this in silence here. I mean, you might as well put it on the stream if you're going to do that. Oh, that's true. Huh? Let's do that then. I'll be gumdrop, James. They never. They don't DMCA based off of uh, uh off of videos, right? So. <laughs> yeah. More or less. Oh, look at Ryu. He has a headband outside of the helmet. That's amazing, actually. Oh! He actually gets a ground bounce off of the overhead. Dude, that's amazing. I think, is it, isn't Shady K still on this project here? I have no idea. Well, he put a tweet out that it was uh, kind of talking about, you know, how this was really cool to do, so I, I think so. Oh, yeah, nice. Though that so cool if you're Shady K and you actually get to design a Ryu like this. I mean, look at this. Yeah, I think that would be hella fun. Like, that must be super exciting for him. I can't wait to see what he does with Chun-Li. Dude, some of these combo routes are sick, dude. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he looks so interesting. Dude, they gave him a freaking ground bounce hop kick. Oh my god. I mean, what's cool about this is it really just kind of shows... One, by the way, the game looks really good. You know, remember when yeah. it first came out, it looked kind of jank, but now it looks really good. I mean, I'm talking aesthetically and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. And then also... Yeah, it was kind of washed out at the beginning, and now it doesn't right. look washed out at all. The characters don't look washed out at all. And the other really interesting thing to me, too, uh, of note here is the fact that, you know, Ryu looks kind of broken in this, but... That kind of gives you an indication of where the game is as a game. Yeah. That Shady K is like, you know what? I don't care. Everybody's broken. <laughs> Deal with it. And that's kind of the way the game has been for a while. So uh, Yeah, everybody one touches. Yeah, No, Clockwork is not on the team anymore. Clockwork definitely uh, left. Uh, I remember him tweeting about that, that he had left the project. Uh, mm. But apparently uh, Shady K is still on there. And so he left it in good hands there. But... Yeah, it looks, uh, Ryu actually looks kind of sick. <laughs> yeah, uh, Okay. I definitely agree with you. So looking forward to that. Um, did it say when that's happening? I actually now realize uh, I didn't take a note Let's on. see, coming 525, it says here on the thing. 525? Yep. High Thank go. you very much. Hey, it looks cool. Uh, also, other game news to talk about. Good work again on the pun. Oh my, it's my Shiranui Mai yes. in KOF 15. Trailer came out for her last week. What do you think? I mean, I think she looks sick. Like I said, I mean, I you know where I'm standing on this. I, I'm, I'm, I think I didn't even think King looked that bad, right? So, and I think Mai looks excellent. I think she looks really, really cool. A lot of people seem to be happy with get her getting some of her moves back and everything like that but the most interesting part of this one is that they did not announce the team at the end of it right so usually they after they do all three characters of a team they're like D -d 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 -d, here's the team there was no women fighters team announced 
And so we've had Yuri, King, and Mai shown. Are they not on the team? What, like, so we're, we're not sure what's happening exactly what's going on with that situation there. But uh, Wait a minute. Um, what are you saying here, James? Are you saying that just because they're women, they all have to be on the same team? I mean, tisk, 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 James. that's just what they've been doing for since 94. <laughs> and they told you that get ready to have expectations shattered. Hey, if no they, more, no gotcha. more gender norms here. Okay. Got him. I mean, uh, it would be cool if they did that because then they could put King Yuri and Ryo all on one team as the art of fighting team. And then Mike can jump somewhere else. And I'm totally down with that. So I'm all good. So let's do that. I mean, I, I'm all for the team shakeups. I like team shakeups in, in KOF when, if they can do some crazy ideas. So, yeah. And the, and the women's team has changed throughout the years. They've had different people on the team all the time. So maybe they don't need to have one this time. So uh, I thought the, the special effects were not the greatest. Not greatest in like Sam Show 2019 is not the greatest fighting game. Is that like the... Not my game? favorite one. Honestly, I didn't think that she looked bad. I mean, in general, my position continues to be like, it's just not remarkably good or remarkably bad. It's just like not particularly of note graphically to me. Um, so anyway, that's that's what I think. But I, I do think that it's cool that she's in the game. She can obviously be an interesting character, big fan favorite. So that's great. As far as the last game news that I thought would be cool to talk about here at the top of the show. Are you aware of Maiden and Spell? Are you aware of that game? No, I have no idea what no. this is. <laughs> you have no idea what this is. Do you remember the game Senko no Ronde? Yes, I, I do. Yes. Uh-huh. That's Absolutely. a bullet hell fighting game. Yes. That's what we got. Maiden and Spell oh. is almost exactly that. You know what? I've had people tell me about it. Because uh, I've mentioned Senko no, Senke no Ronde on my streams before, so people have told yeah. me about this game now that you've now that you mention it. Yeah, it's been out for a while, right? Right. So it came out on Steam a while ago, last year or maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's been mm -hmm. out for a while. But I just wanted to bring it up again. I don't remember if we talked about it when that did happen. I think we didn't. But it's coming to the Switch. So they Ooh. put a new trailer out just saying, like, hey, heads up, everybody's coming to the Switch. Uh, it's a super cool game. It's very interestingly done. The What's what's funky about it is that you can kind of get the sense that even though it's, like, all projectiles, right, still some characters are, like, definitely the zoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some yeah, characters yeah. are, like, mm -hmm. the pressure characters. Like, it's really it's really funny how they, even though it's all, like, little projectiles you shoot out, it's, you can really express, like, fighting game archetypes even still it's a lot of fun so <laughs> it's actually funny check it out in the chat I'm, uh, I'm john says the, i'm looking at it right now yeah john actually said made it in spell has rollback and they didn't advertise it because they didn't realize it was a selling point <laughs> oh, that's hilarious <laughs> they just thought yeah that's that's it's what online is supposed to be but you know in the fgc we have to use it as a selling point because so many companies have been garbage <laughs> oh no it does look dope, I know. Is there a trailer for it as well? I put it in the... Right. Oh, yeah, you can you should put this on stream, David, too. Why, why have we not been playing this this whole time? Uh, I'll take a look at this. You could have been playing this all quarantine, bro. 
That would have actually been sick, yeah. I'm really upset. I'm upset with you right now. Okay, well, it's only twelve ninety nine. So if you want to play it, I'm one hundred percent down. Yeah, I'm, I have so, to put on my wish list. So the I'll switch, buy it after the, show. the switch has sick. it as well too for the next. It's code. coming to the switch. Right, right, right. Is there going to be crossplay? I there's not going to be crossplay. I looked oh, into that. Because I feel like this looks so sick. I think Switch would be the preferred platform for this. To be honest with you, well, the Switch is the preferred platform for me for everything. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Just, I just like sitting on the. Dang, this is this is very different than Senko no, Senko no Rande. Yeah, it's not it's not the same thing for sure. Right, because Senko no Rande is just freaking actual shmup craziness. You know what I mean? There's a little story mode in it. Just give me the net play, baby. Yeah, this looks this looks ridiculously fun. Yeah, I agree. All right, cool. Tubbo, we'll play it. We will play it. Does that mean nobody else is getting it on the Switch then? Probably, probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> probably won't. I mean, it's thirteen dollars. You know. That's true. Yeah, and once once we go back to living our lives in the meat Woo! space, maybe I'll get it on Switch so we can play it in person. There you go. How much is it yeah, on like Steam? Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine. Mm, okay. Well, maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> There's a lot. Every, I have to think about everything these days. Let's just put it that way. So it is not. All right, cool. Well, there you go. Some interesting game news for you. <sighs> Let's move on to the next one now. So Senko Norande has no ability to be played. Actually, you know what? If it's on Steam as well. We could probably play it on Parsec. <laughs> we could definitely play it on Parsec. Dude. That would actually be kind of sick. Oh, man. Because that game, like I said, that game, like, it's very different. Like, it's it's interesting. They're the same but very different, which is neat to me because it's the whole concept of the same genre but lots of cool ideas with it, right? Because Senko no Rande is literally just you guys are throwing ships and it's just, like, it's just yeah. you, you have power and you can, like, grow into giant. It's more virtual on-esque in kind of a way, but I think that doing a parsec for Senko no Rande might actually be kind of neat. <laughs> That sounds oh, cool to me, yeah. Yeah. You know, right. cool. We play UFL we play. Season 1 wrap-up. That's correct. It has happened. So, the We Play Ultimate Fighting League Season 1 had one weekend of Mortal Kombat 11. It had one weekend of Soul Calibur 6. Most recently, it had a weekend of Tekken 7 all in a row. Now that's happened. Uh, so, before we get to the results, did you guys watch much of it? Of Tekken or of all of it? Yeah, Here. of all of it. Yeah, just let's talk about the whole thing. I, I watched Mortal Kombat quite a bit. I didn't catch any Tekken and barely saw any Soul Calibur. Okay. Yeah. Or mostly Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. I I've, I saw, I've watched the whole first day of Soul Calibur. Like I said, I'm still trying to catch up to everything, but just my ability to sit down and watch things is just non-existent these days. Um, so I'm still trying to work on watching day two and day three, which I heard are absolutely fantastic, especially because Milo's apparently did super well with Killick and I, I want to steal shit from him. So <laughs> with, I would say without being an expert in caliber, I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. It was super fun. It was, the matches were super, super close. Right. Definitely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I watched all of the Mortal Kombat, a good chunk of 
caliber and a good chunk of Tekken. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Mortal Kombat's the game that I'm most invested in among those. So for me, like, I understood it in a different way than I did the other two games, which, like, I like watching and playing, but, like, I'm not great. I don't know that much about either one. Um, so it was a little bit different experience. But I will say, like, no surprise, the commentary for Tekken was fantastic, naturally, with the folks that they had there. That was super yep. great. So even though it's not something that I understand, really, it's still something I really, really enjoyed. Um, so that, that was cool. As far, as far as the production, what do you guys think about the general production? I mean, obviously, the production is great. You know, it's nice to have a budget. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> it's just, I mean, let's just put it this way. And, you know... I'm not using any of these names for any particular reason, but you know, like if the Hado had that kind of budget, like the kind of things that Rick could be able to pull off would be amazing. And you know, it's just, it, that's just really what it comes down to. Obviously their production is amazing, but if you're given the ability to do those kind of things, you're going to be able to produce, you know, cool shows like that and everything. So, you know, it's nice to see something like that, but I, I'll have a little more to say about that in just a little bit. I'll, I'll let uh, Tubo and yourself uh, say some, uh, you know, give your thoughts on it. Uh, I mean, I thought the production was nice. I think they made some beginner mistakes, though. For example... Uh, they had an analyst table that, for, for what I saw, at least in Mortal Kombat, barely utilized at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you're going to fly people out and pay them money to analyze the action in front of you, you should use them a little more often. Um, maybe, like, even mid-set, if you can't find the time to get them in there, squeeze them in. It's important. Um, those guys deserve to be on camera, too. Uh, I thought it was really funny that above... The heads of the players and winner in defeat. <laughs> defeat, like really, right, yeah. really funny, like kind of like you know, uh, cyberpunkish almost. Like yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was cool. Um, They're not trying to rub it in or anything. You know? Yeah, yeah. Defeat. I mean, it's just funny. It's defeat. Right. Like, oh, the guy has his head down, rolling up yeah. the controller. Right. Yeah, you know. yeah. It just, it just seems like something you'd see out of a movie. So I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed what I watched for sure. Commentary was good and everything. So it was cool. Right. Enjoyed it as well. I, th- I thought it was nice. I had the same feeling about the analyst desk. We basically saw them like in the morning and then before and after commercial breaks, which were not many, which is nice, but you know, yeah, there weren't true. many of them. And then at the end. And so there just wasn't, there wasn't a lot of screen time for some of the people who like I most wanted to hear from, unfortunately. <laughs> Right. Uh, so I would I would have loved to have a little bit more of that. Like maybe have the commentators and the analyst desk switch in and out. You know, have people take over different roles like throughout or whatever it was. But sure. I I thought that that would have been nice. In any case, yeah, the people who were on the analyst desk were great. I enjoyed a lot of the commentary. Um, I think that you know what's nice is that they took chances on some people, and I think some of those people absolutely like did what they needed to do, uh, and and really did well. I think some of the other people you could definitely tell like they're they took chances on them right and they're like hoping that it works out and they're definitely new uh or maybe if, even if not new like unfamiliar with some of the stuff so i i would say that was in some cases an issue for me but overall i really enjoyed most of the commentary um the matches were fantastic which is obviously the, the biggest part you know you just you just set up an invitation event with these players and like it's going to be 
good. Like the players will give you good matches as just always will happen. Like it's always going to be that way. Right. Uh, so they did. They provided the spot. Caliber was great. Mortal Kombat Grand Finals was extremely close. Uh, Tekken's results are super interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed most of it for sure. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, you have the production, you have the ability to do that. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of drama involved with, you know, things that people were saying and everything on Twitter and, and in, you know, in past interviews and such. And, you know, I just, it's just one of the things that always just drives me nuts is just how much, like, whenever a group like this gets the budget and they're kind of tangentially involved with the FGC or, you know, they, I just, there's too many people out there that think that they can actually come in here and just like, they think they're the savior of the FGC. Like they're going to come in here and all of a sudden, oh, we're going to do things right. We're going to make the ones that FGC gets really, really big. And, you know, I just like, dude, like, uh, it's just, it's not going to happen the way that they think it's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, at this point in time, I feel like that narrative needs to kind of stop. <laughs> like, they have to realize that that's not the way it's going to work, right? Because FGC is not one of those things that you're just going to throw a, a crap ton of money at and we're going to be like, you are a new savior. Yay! You know what I mean? Like I said, we will... I've always joked that, you know, if Rick was like, hey, I'm going to run a tournament on the on Mars, we would all buy a ticket to go to Mars, even if we would never come back, because it just takes too long, because that's how much we trust in him and things like that, and we know how much he does for the community, right? People have to realize, on the, on the especially, I don't know what it is, like, I don't know what it is about people who are in, who are fully ensconced in esports, that just makes it so that they feel like they're above the FGC. Like, we're here to save you. We're here to make you better. We're here to improve you. We can do it right. You know, no. <laughs> like, the FGC has been doing our shit our way for a particular reason. You know, because it's what we like and it's how we want things to happen. And I just think that there's there just needs to be a stronger drive to to support that you know what i mean and like i said maybe i'm making more of a big deal out of it than i think i am but the message is very clear that you see repeatedly from people very heavily ensconced in esports is we can do the fgc better we can improve it they should do it this way they are doing it wrong they're doing it wrong they're doing it wrong and that shit just needs to stop because i'm so fucking sick of it okay i'm just that's all i'm gonna say i'm so fucking tired of that narrative dude seriously like it needs to stop like we appreciate them coming in here putting on a good production but don't try to act like the freaking savior you know what i mean it's just that's just how it is so yeah i think that's i broadly agree with that point for sure mm -hmm. i i'm definitely happy to have outside groups come into the fgc and put on good tournaments put on good shows like whatever it is as i have been happy to have you know, ESL in the past, or Red Bull, or whatever. Like, there's examples that I think have done really well. And that is something I'm certainly super cool with. And I like that everybody who went to the We Play events had positive things to say about mm -hmm. it. Like, all the players who went, all the commentators who went, who I've talked with or who have talked about it, 
all have positive stuff to say. So that's really good. Uh, obviously important. And when I was researching WePlay before they like had done, had done this stuff uh, in the FGC, I asked other people from other scenes where WePlay has been for, for years now. Like, are you aware of them having like not paid out or like being weird with rules or whatever, whatever it is that like m makes for a bad esports event? And none of them were aware of that stuff. So, uh, you know, the the way that we play, put on these tournaments this time seems like it's in line with that. I don't know what what the payment situation is of the players, but it's not really something that I'm worried about, just given that history. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully, hopefully that is how it pans out. That said, I I also agree with you that having something like we play in there again ESL Red Bull whatever it is is not like a transformative thing in the FGC mm -hmm. like it's not it's nice to have for sure absolutely welcome them as long as everything's going well but what we want in the FGC is is yes to ha to have this invitationals big money fantastic also to have open tournaments the grassroots side, like it is super important to us to have all right, these things. Right. And and I think that's true for everybody. Like there are some people who would rather have more invitationals or who would rather have more grassroots. But like it seems at this point that most people are want both, right? That we can't mm -hmm. have none of it. Uh and, and as far as the way that the grassroots stuff is run, like it's just it just has to be run differently than something like a big company that comes in that has, you know, funding. FGC events like rely on venue fees and they rely on getting sponsors and those sponsors tend to be smaller and sometimes they're big but the money that they give might not be huge and so it's just right. it's just a completely different button or budget situation right. and it strikes me as something that's just not really analogous so you know if we play does something one way it was fun I enjoyed watching that doesn't mean that it is that that's how other FGC events should do it. Nor does it even mean that that's possible or that that is at right. all financially viable for almost anybody, right? <laughs> like right. even for the the big ones that have been in there, like Red Bull put on some super sick tournaments, but right. I would very much wager that we play spent a lot more money than what Red Bull well, uh, listen, did on. I just want to make it clear. I just want to make it clear. James Banks and we play. David and and James, like, don't represent me, okay? I know I've heard <laughs> what you guys are paying commentators. Please bring me out. I'm also a great stage host. I mean, yeah. I have several several years of you know examples and uh, experience. So please, by all means, contact me. I'll, <laughs> you I'll can't even right finish the sentence. To, to keep and I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Look, the the I whole thing it. about it is again. This is not necessarily representative of the entire We Play event. And I love what Red Bull has done in the past because they always come along and they're trying to enhance what we've already done. But, you know, yeah. obviously certain individuals were talking about, you know, oh, you know, this is, we're going to, you know, basically turn the FGC into something huge. And, you know, I've, I've been, you know, a top player after playing a game for two years and, and things like that, you know, and like, I'm going to help save the FGC. And look, I, I just, it's just one of those things that, you know, it, you, 
you hear that and it's a red flag, right? I mean, at this point in time, like I said, I'm not trying to talk bad about any particular individual, but you have to know how that sounds and you have to know the audience that you're talking to, especially if you badmouth someone like the Hado, especially if you badmouth someone like Rick, who is like the most beloved member of our community. You know what I mean? Like, you just have to know what's going on. And, you know, Rick has said he's spoken with them and they've ironed things out or whatever like that. But yeah. it's just, at this point in time, it's like you have to know what you're doing. You know, you have to know. It, it just shows a disconnect, right? It shows that disconnect that if you're coming in here and you're saying you're going to save or you're going to improve the FGC, and then you have that kind of, you know, unawareness to talk smack about the Hado, you know, like, it's just like, what is happening over here at this point? You know, I just, I just, it just feels weird to me. So that's all. That's all. That's, that's, that's my biggest complaint about the whole entire thing. So, you know, what are you saying, Tubbo? Well, I just said it's kind of like a God complex. Like they can come in oh. and boom, right. we made it all better, you know? Right. Yeah. That's weird. It's weird. It happens. It's weird that it happens to us over and over again, too. It's so uh, strange that everybody thinks we're broken and we don't need to be fixed. Right. Exactly. That's the. I main think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Right. I mean, there there are things that I would like to see changed. I would like for players to get more money, etc. People in production to get more money. So there's stuff that I want to be improved, as I know that you guys want to be improved too, and and not just those things. Like there are, there are things to fix in the FGC, but maybe not in. The the things that we played that are not really reproducible. They're they're just not. They're not like lessons to that anybody else can learn because that right. kind of money doesn't exist anywhere else. Exactly. So, um, uh, also the idea that uh, so obviously we're talking about James Banks. I and and I I don't mean I'm not gonna rip on him either because well, my interactions with the guy have always been nice. Uh, I think it's very funny the story about him having done well in a Virtua Fighter event because um, that's that's great. I'm I'm happy that he played fighting games. It's also hilarious that. He got second place out of six people uh, at an event that nobody else went to. That like <laughs> it was the same weekend as Evo. Uh, that is very. It's just I wish that he had gone about it in the way of like here's a funny story that like is about how well, yeah like I was I play fighting games seriously like, for a while. That would be a very funny story to tell it that way, right? And like it's humanizing. We've all kind of been there. We've all entered tournaments that are small. I have too. Um, so I wish that that was how he had talked about it rather than how he did. Right. Again, I don't think that's a very big deal. I just think it's funny. I mean, it was it was just the way that it was used as a means to say I'm fighting game player and I'm like I know what to do to save the FGC. Like that's just the part that bothers me. You know what I mean? And it's it's frustrating. I haven't had a lot of you know I may be burning bridges here or whatever like that but it's just you know I just I just wish that narrative would stop because you see it too often you know there's this weird divide between the greater esports and fighting game community and it just feels like everybody in the greater esports feels like they can fix us and they can save us and you know it's just that's the narrative that I get all the time and like Tubo said, we're not broken. There's, you know, it's not, there's greater, and even if we are broken, it's not, we're not broken in the way that they're going to fix us by magically throwing money at us. Our problem in the FGC is far greater than that. You know what I mean? Because 
it's it's literally just a how do we get more people to play fighting games issue because if we had the potential to attract the audiences that they think making a big production will generate we'd already be there the issue with the fgc is far greater than event production value you know, there is a greater overall problem of the FGC that we need to solve if we want to grow into that level. That's not, you know, having money at our events and production is not going hey, to solve the problem. Way over problems. time, homie. What's yeah, that? Way yeah. over time. We got to move on. Yeah, but it's not going to solve the problems that we have. So let's just put it that way. Again, I'm happy to have somebody like we play in here doing cool things for the scene. I think that's great. Um, and I just think the story about VF is just funny. Like, it, to me, that was very humanizing. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't talk at all about the results. Let's just do it super briefly, although it was actually really cool. Arslan Ash won it with Zafina. A Weiss Honey got second with Akuma and Negan. So shout-outs to Pakistan. They're the best. All right. Yeah, Pakistan, clearly the best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. You want to move on here? Yeah. All right. So there's a little bit of other community news to talk about here. There's not a lot. You guys at home might have noticed, but there's actually not a lot of news this week. Not right. actually. Not a whole lot. But here's a little bit of it. The Twitch. You guys know it. If you guys have been on Twitch.tv, uh, it's a website that broadcasts video games, among other things. And it has an updated code of conduct. And I think this is of note because this code of conduct says that it's going to take action even where people aren't actively like streaming on Twitch as they do something in cases of extreme behavior. So this is something that's, it's been a problem on Twitch. Some quite notable folks on the, pro on the platform, streamers on the platform, have had problems outside of Twitch. That is to say like when they're streaming, they might not be doing bad stuff, but then they'll like close the stream and go do bad stuff and bad stuff that's, you know, to a substantial degree. So that's, um, that's been a criticism of Twitch for quite some time now. And I am happy that they're actually doing stuff about that. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think, I, I think it's cool to be more clear about what they're going to do and how they're going to punish actions that they don't agree with you know i get for lack of a better way to put it so yeah yeah i i i'm all about transparency yeah i think it's a good thing i mean i feel like that's just it's all part and parcel of the the the, the path right i mean that's like it's like when we tried to do the FGC code of conduct, right? We're not trying to be like tyrannical. We just want to make sure people aren't assholes. And I think that's just kind of, <laughs> I think that's just kind of what it is really. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it, earlier, it had specifically banned like the Confederate flag and hateful images and stuff like that. Like it is, that's good. That only happened a few months ago, but that's good. So it is on on what I think is a good path, too. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. Like, ultimately, it's a private service, and they can kick out whoever they want. It's yeah. not, like, a free speech issue or anything. There may be the argument that major sites maybe, maybe should be regulated in some ways. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about some stuff, at least, although maybe not in this instance. But in any case, that's not the law right now. 
So they can kind of make it happen how they want to. And I'm glad that they're at least seeming like they're beginning to take that more seriously because it definitely has been an issue in the past. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to put these two things right next to each other, but Nairo has returned to streaming. <laughs> uh, although not... <laughs> By the way! I actually didn't think about that until right now. But not on Twitch. On YouTube. Uh, we've been talking about Nairo and the sort of saga around his case where he was banned last year, as many other people were, uh, for events that he alleges, and that it seems like people are coming around to the idea of agreeing to, uh, that were more like he was the victim than the perpetrator. Um, I continue to not have a position on this, to be clear, but that is the, that's kind of the trend that the community's gone towards, certainly. So he put out a video, as we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago or so, saying that he'd like to return to streaming, and now he's doing that. In doing that, he got over 25,000 viewers the very first time. And that was on YouTube Oof. live. YouTube live. Not, we're not even talking about Twitch, which has bigger numbers for live stuff. Uh, so he is back if you guys are interested. Nope. As far as... <laughs> okay, well, fair <laughs> enough then. As far as other community news, this is definitely some bad news. Um, so I'll put this up in the chat. Uh, and I'll put it up on YouTube as well. But the people who made Mastics have had some really unfortunate stuff happen. If you're not aware of what a Mastic is, M-A-S stick, these were extremely important to the early FGC in like early 2000s, mm-hmm. even up to mid, even to late 2000s. Marvel 2 community for sure. Marvel 2, the basically, honestly, anybody who wasn't playing in the arcade at that time, Marvel 2, CVS 2, Third Strike, other games too. I mean, that was it was a big, big deal. And you still see people playing on those in some cases. The Marvel 2 community probably most famously now, but still, when I go to events and there are people who, there who are like my age and older, I absolutely see a mass stick like every time I go somewhere. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. sure John Choi still uses a mass stick. <laughs> I believe he does. I believe he does. Yeah, so they were these big, bulky sticks they were quite tall they were all american parts so not the kind of little ball joystick that is ubiquitous nowadays but the bat top of american stand-up cabinets anyway i had one i certainly had one i still have it it's my parents house and um it played a huge role in the fgc so the bad news here is that the people who made those sticks were just doing it in their garage it's just a little home business yep you kind of had to know who was around, how to get one, right? It, word was not really out very big on it. And it was Thou and Rinalda went. And they have had a tragedy happen. Um, so there was a house fire that killed Rinalda and severely injured Thou. And they have two kids. The two kids are okay, but you know now they're missing their mom and they and their dad is hospitalized still, as far as I'm aware. Uh, had had critical injuries, so there is a GoFundMe for them. Um, that's something that you know I'm supporting for sure. I just they played a really really big role in the FGC, and now I understand that it's in such a different place. We have mass-produced sticks that are really good. We have had them for a decade now, but for so many years we did not, and this was really the the way to have a stick. Yeah. Uh, so for me, they were hugely important. 
Yeah, I mean, what, what, what Tao and Lin had managed to do for the community, I mean, we've often told the stories back in how Evos would get delayed because everybody was trying to borrow Justin's joystick. And <laughs> that's because it was the Mastic. It was the only person... He was like one of the only people that had a Mastic, and it was designed to be just like our arcade joysticks. And a lot of times you would have the really tight springs so that it would basically take like a tiny ton of like muscle power just to use. We had the old concave buttons and everything like that. But, you know, a lot of the Marvel players would be used to what their arcade did, right? And so obviously Justin would tune his joystick to be just like the one that was at Chinatown Fair, so everyone wanted to borrow that one. And so, like, half the times at the tournaments, it'd be like, Justin, you're up. I can't. Yipes is using my controller. Justin, you're up. Can't. Chris Matrix is using my controller. And, like, and then, uh, you know, this person's going to use it after he's done for their match. So they're waiting on, you know, Yipes. Chris Matrix is waiting on Yipes. And after he's done, he's going to use the joystick. And after he's done, then I can play. Like, that was literally what it was. And they were the base. They were the first people who gave us quality joysticks at home. You know, they yeah. were expensive. They cost a lot of money to, to, especially for us back then, you know, just being a bunch of arcade junkies and stuff like that, you know, but the people who invested in it, it made a big difference. I mean, we didn't have TE sticks and nowadays we have like seven bazillion options, you know, for joysticks and we didn't have that back then. Literally, I have bought maybe like 10 or 15 different joysticks that have all died in like the span of anywhere from a week to like three months, you know, just from use, you know, and, and Mastics were the only ones that actually were of any quality. And I've never actually gotten one. Uh, I've never had a chance to meet or work with them, but what they managed to do for the FGC and their influence on the FGC you know, as the creators of the Mastic, you know, Tom and Lynn are, are is, is, it's, it's immeasurable what they did for the FGC back then. And so, like, hearing about this, like, really hurt, really cut close, you know, to the heart and stuff. So, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 if you can help them, you know, please do, if you can. For me, it was important, not just in the sense that I had one. I mean, I was mostly an arcade goer at that time, but I had one just to play, practice on Dreamcast and stuff. It was, it had a big impact on how I designed my own sticks when I started doing that, which was not that much later, maybe about a year later after I got a Moss stick, I started to, to uh, design my own. Mm -hmm. And the first one that I made was just as, in fact, it was bulkier. It was even <laughs> wider and taller than the ones that they had. It was a huge slab. And I liked it because it felt very substantial, right? In a way that the, the Moss stick did. Now I have these tiny little sticks that move back and forth on my lap really easily. And that feels super natural to me now, but it felt terrible when I first started to play at home, right? I needed to have that like real, real solid, immovable kind of feeling that the Moss stick- rock in my lap. I absolutely right. Like I wanted to know that I could do what I did while I was playing on cabinets, which, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't being a jerk. I wasn't like shaking the cab or whatever, but like we all kind of 
really put our bodies into playing, especially on American parks. <laughs> we did. Yes. And my, you could do the same thing with Mostics. So I had that same kind of theory mm. when I started designing my own stuff, took years for me to get disabused of that. Uh, anyway, they had a really big impact on the FGC. So please support if you can. I know it's a tough time for everybody, but if so, I have put the GoFundMe into the chat. And like I said, I will put it in YouTube as well. Yeah, sticks were on the floor, absolutely. Yep. Or you would have, you would be sitting in a chair and you'd, you would bring up another chair in yeah. front of you and put the moss stick on the chair in front of you. And you still, like I said, you still see that. So if you, next time you go to a major and you see somebody who's like my age or older, uh, check out how they're playing. And, and if there's like a Marvel 2 section, if there's a CBS 2 section, whatever, something like that, good chance that somebody still has a moss stick and that they're still playing on the floor or in the chair in front of them. Yeah, I wonder, because like John Choi has been playing on a lot of those Parsec, I'm uh, not Parsec, the, the, the Fightcade events yeah. recently. Parsec. I wonder if Parsec. he's... I wonder if he's actually been sitting on the floor and playing there. <laughs> oh, 100%. Of course he's sitting on the floor. Yeah. I, I didn't have any doubt. As, when, when I see him there playing in Wednesday Night Fights and stuff like that, absolutely he's on yeah. the floor. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I've told the story very famously of how I used to play on the floor when Street Fighter Four first came out because playing in a chair felt really, really odd to me because, yeah, like you said, when you hit up on the joystick, you don't want the thing, whole thing to move. When you're on your lap and you hit up, it, the joystick actually moves with you and it's kind of weird. And so I would sit on the floor until one tournament that took place in the parking overhang outdoors uh, of somebody's apartment building and there was gas stains all over the floor and I couldn't sit and so I had to sit in a chair and I could barely play so I just learned to play that way. I, I actually sat down and was like, I'm going to teach myself how to play this way just so I can play no matter where I go. <laughs> I play on the floor. You still do play on the floor? I play on the floor. Don't have Coach Steve. Yeah, okay, I guess I've seen him do that too. I play on the floor, but maybe in a different way. I play on the floor lying completely flat on my back. With, <laughs> I think you're going to do little, that in a tournament. The little split box on the side. I would absolutely, uh, that would be great if I could do that in a tournament. No I, tournament has enough space for me to do that, but that would be super sick. Have you ever thought about investing in those glasses that let you see like downwards while you're lying down so that you could literally just... You mean periscope lenses, James? I can go get the pair that I have for you <laughs> on the break. <laughs> Absolutely, I got a pair of those. And have you done that? Have you actually laid flat back and played yes. that way? Dude. Of course. You're, of course I've done that. David David is playing fighting games uh, in in 2050 while we're all still playing fighting games in 2021. Here's here's a setup that I do actually not uncommonly. I'll have periscope so I'll be lying down on my back. I got periscope lenses and I have a little sort of thing that wraps around the head and it has these arms that jut up and you put your phone in it and uh, and it's kind of like holding the phone in front of your head. So I'm doing the absolute minimum amount of any energy expansion at all. Dude, I, <laughs> I'm looking at the screen through periscope lenses, and it's being held in front of me by robot arms. You need to send me a link for those robot arms, because I swear I get, I'm getting carpal tunnel from holding my phone too much, you know? So if, you're going to have to help me with that. <laughs> Tumbor, you know it's genius. What are you doing I, smoking I, at me over there? You know, I'm much larger than you, but you're way lazier than I'll ever be. That's incredible. 
It's incredible. I but just, the lengths that I've gone to to be lazy. Do you understand how many hours I've put into split box design? It's got to be many hundreds at this point. Oh, over the last probably oh. four years of designing, I've put in so much work to be a lazy slob. All right, I've earned it. That's how I view it. Uh yeah, all right. Sure, well, that's all for this. Again, please uh, check out the GoFundMe if you can. The link, like I said, is in the chat, and it is also underneath in the YouTube if that's what you're watching right now. Yeah, and again, all right. Thoughts, thoughts, and prayers to the obviously for the for their family. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible news. Terrible news. All right. Cool. Let's take a break then. Sure. Yeah, so what we're going to do is bring on a foxy grandpa. And we're going to talk with him about interesting stuff. That's right. You can see it below right here. It's going to be cool. Stick around for that. I'm not doing it again. You already ruined right. my comedic genius. All right. Just uh, ask um, yeah, to get into the chat and everything. So Yeah, I, I paid him. Okay. And I'm trying to find my phone. What's up, bro? Gentlemen. What's going on? Sorry. You're killing us, Jason. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that was so loud. Where'd David go? Probably went to go uh, grab some food or something like that, you know. God, he always eats on stream. What a jackass. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I know you're way. What time is it for you over there? It's uh, two thirty. Yeah. Dang. It's basically, it's basically afternoon for me. I'm nocturnal, so. It's <laughs> yeah, because you're always in our chat, right? You're you're always watching, yeah. and it's like always so late at night for you over there. Uh, so yeah, thanks yeah, for coming on. Worries. I mean, it's cool. No worries, no worries. Yeah, it's normal that like players over here are up late if they're traveling over there i guess uh yeah and frankly none of us have any normal sleep schedules anymore anyway right yeah, true. so speak for yourself right, even even before i have a day job before. all right <laughs> fair enough uh so actually oh well i mean i guess i should save this question for the actual interview so never mind i was about to it always happens during the break. I always start asking all the questions that I should say for the interview and stuff. So, <laughs> right, right. Oh, hold back. Oh boy! All right. Now let's see if David's coming back here. And you posted your uh, OBS Ninja link. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Yeah. Am I good to click watch stream in Discord, or should I do it on there? Yeah, yeah, you can you can do it either way, actually. If if you do it on Discord, you'll see everything in real time, so that's probably better, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it's a little better. Yeah. So, oops, the song has ended. Let me start it again until David returns. He's definitely pooping. Bam! They were, look at that beautiful face. What's going on? Hello, hello. Dude, it looks like you're wearing a toga, dude. It looks like you're... <laughs> oh, no, no, I've got... 
got something. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Sounds All good. Alright. Something special, eh? Yeah. Oops, hang on a second. I think I got two over here. David, how was your poo? Alright, if you guys are done, we can get started. Jesus. I don't think you heard uh, Tubo's question, did you? Me? Yeah. You said, how was the poo, dude? How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? I'll have you know that I went to go get some shells. Of course, of course. What is that? It's homemade pasta shells containing... We'll find out! Alright, fine, okay. Find out, okay. Alright, alright, alright. Hey, I thought James was supposed to be reading your fanfiction. Oh, maybe we have time for that today. <clears throat> well, okay. not at the pace we're going. Okay, alright. We've been over on every topic by a lot. Alright. You are. Alright, ready? Ready? I'm ready. Yep, I'm ready. Born ready. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ultra Chen TV. Oh, I just jumped right into the interview screen. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us back on okay. the Ultra Chen TV Tuesday show. As you can see, we have a special guest. It's a foxy grandpa down there. Before we get into this, <laughs> can, you, can you tell me what time it is and when you woke up? It's 2.30. When did I wake up? Probably like 11 a.m., something like that. 11 a.m.? It wasn't too bad today. Dude, you I watch you stream at hours that are totally normal for me. And then I also wow. see you sometimes in chats of other shows, ours, other people's sometimes, at hours that are late for me. And I'm always like, when are you awake? How does this make right. any sense? It changed a little bit recently. The gym opened the other day, so I need to be up earlier. So I'm up at 11 a.m. as opposed to being up in the afternoon now. Well, congratulations <laughs> yeah, to right. you on that. I am normally awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Like pretty demon hours. Yeah, that's uh, it's how it seems. Well, you got a good friend in James, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's it, it's it's hard because, like, I swear if it was just the opposite direction, when I had to, when I, for example, when I actually do commentary for the Salt Mine League, like, I have to wake up way too early to do that. <laughs> if it was, like, Japan, I could probably do that. Oh, man. Ugh. It's just time zones. It's like when I travel to America, easy. It's like, it's just living on easy mode if I want to be in the day. Oops, hang on a second. You're looking a little... Oh, your face is going wild over there. Purple over there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so what we wanted to talk about is a bunch. Uh, we want to talk about playing and your play style and the scene and streaming and all that sort of stuff. But before we get to any of that stuff, talk to me about like your origins in fighting games. How did you get involved in the FGC? How did you start taking games seriously? All right. So I, my first tournament was in, it was after MK9 came out. It's basically it was down to MK9. Mm. So okay. before the game was coming out, I've always been an MK fan. It's like my number one franchise. So before MK9 was coming out, I was literally glued to YouTube all day, just repeat watching the trailers of the characters. <laughs> and then the game came out. I played it enough that my thumbs fucking like calloused up. So I had to have paper on my thumb. And yeah, I was, I was, I was not messing around. 
I was playing some Mortal Kombat at that point in time. And then I went to my first tournament, won it, and then from there I just kept on winning. And I was like, yeah, may as well just stick about. Like, made some made some friends, and it just keeps going on. It never seems to end, does it? And wait, so does that mean you've been a top player since the beginning? You don't have the origin story of, I found out I was bad. No, you came straight in and were winning right from the no, get-go. I, I, I came in with the, the battered thumbs ready. I was, I'd was i already <laughs> been through enough enough of the trenches of grinding at that point. <laughs> I was sweating that game. So how long had you been playing that game before you then entered a tournament? No, maybe... I can't imagine it had been a f more than a couple of months, and it was only Dang. down the road. It was, uh, you know, um, the dragon. Twins. This, this fucking guy comes here. Genius. I played it for a couple months. <laughs> yeah. I won a tournament. Haven't really lost since. I'm just it was, the best. It was, it was the perfect story. I started. I won my first <laughs> tournament. I met Problem X at the same tournament. Problem was doing the same the thing I was doing. But, yeah, and uh, met <sighs> the, the dragon twins. You know what? The, um, Mark and Rich that like run the events and stuff. Like I, I met a lot of people there, Jeez. and then eventually um, by the next event, met um, Ketchup and Mustard. So everyone in your local scene hates you then, right? Came <laughs> out winning. That's yeah. That's there's got to be guys who've been playing since like UMK three, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then this kid really. just comes, plays online for Not a couple really. months and beats me. I feel like it was all fresh in the UK. It was like mostly. Ah, uh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, we didn't really have. We don't really have any old heads like that, I don't feel. I feel like NRS mm. kind of sparked it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's kind of how it is in the US, too. We definitely had players who were playing previous MK games, but, like, 95% of the MK scene started in MK9, for sure. Like, it was very, very small before that. Um, all right, you, you genius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was playing for years before I went to tournament. I don't remember how long. It was years, though. Uh, how how did the name come about? What tell me about the yeah? I was the, gonna ask that like. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I made it when I was twelve, and um, <laughs> so I was playing Halo, and I wanted a funny name when I killed someone because you know how it comes up on the kill feed. You were killed by oh. a boxogram. It's off of um, SpongeBob. Hold on, I've got what? It's a SpongeBob. I've got the hat. It's a SpongeBob reference, yeah. It's it's fine. I mean, this matches our our normal production value, so it's all good. So. All right, hold on. See this? Oh. <laughs> all right, someone wow. in the chat is going to recognize this. You see? This it's actually just a SpongeBob reference, huh? Yeah. Dang, that's funny. Right. Oh man, I would I never would have. I'm I'm looking up the picture now, and I and yeah. Yeah, so it's like a grandpa. I spelled differently. But uh, that's the reference. Dick. <laughs> so from from right away in competitive games, you were out there to try to troll people. That was actually day one for you. <laughs> What's I mean, not right away because before this, before MK9, I was a Halo player, and mm -hmm. I was trying to be like stick at Halo. I was decent, but I wasn't like top. But I wasn't trolling people in that. I feel MK9. It's, it's just a, there was too much power. There was too much power. Like I, I'd broken the game down to a point where I could simplify it, and then make my opponent play by rules A, B, and C. I think that's kind of the way I see it. So what? What do you want to pick? A, B, C, A, B, C, and just keep doing something mm -hmm. like that. At that point. 
So, I mean, considering then, I mean, obviously we're joking about this journey of yours from being a top player to a top player. (laughs) But, I mean, in that time, though, and sorry, let me refresh your camera over here again. It's not not the camera, it's just... Dude, OBS Ninja is doing some weird stuff on my end, too, so it's not going to be a So, I mean, so my question to you then, though, is, you know, despite being very strong at the beginning, how much do you feel like you've grown as a fighting game player? And do you feel like, you know, even though you started kind of doing well, that have you learned a lot of new philosophies and such about fighting games? Oh yeah, there's a ton of philosophy to learn. I base a lot, a lot of my playstyle around my philosophy and just the way I live in general. Mm-hmm. Really, like the philosophy guides uh, guides the way. So, in terms of fighting games, there's, I've, I've I've played every style that you can play, like in NRS games, pretty much, and I've been able to like analyze who's gonna what's gonna work on who, and I think it's it's more just it's like. Um, yeah, you just keep learning over time. It's a never-ending journey. You're always mm-hmm. going to learn something new, or there'll be a new game, and you're forced to learn something new. It's not, um, it's not a finite thing. I feel it's constantly mm-hmm. evolving. It's like real martial arts. There's, so, it's, it's a constantly evolving sport. Okay. What is that philosophy? If you had to describe your philosophy, that you say is, I don't just mean fighting games. What, what, what is this sort of larger philosophy yeah, that you, you said you live by this? As yeah, well. yeah, I'm yeah. Curious. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot, really. It's not just going to be one thing. It's like, um, let's say, all right, okay. I'll say the philosophy of like um, accept death. All right, accept death, and then you can do whatever you want to do. Right, huh. you're not. You'll do it without fear. So then you'll be able to do it a bit more like optimally, I guess, without having that in the back of your mind something like that but i think that's just something to do with how i am i'm very calm like that's just me now does that mean you feel like you play with like a higher risk play style when you play fighting games that you're willing to go for like the 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 hail marys you know? death. um that that then also depends on the character though because like i played deadshot and that when i was playing deadshot that was every <laughs> the philosophy for deadshot for example this is legit is Every percent counts. Mm-hmm. Am I just a bunch of pixels now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're being Thanos oh, snapped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Death has come, I'm afraid. Yeah, see, it was inevitable. Yeah, because it, it's but, interesting to me. Uh, sorry to interject, because, I mean, uh, just to add in a little bit to, you know, how your philosophy affects your gameplay, like, I'm terrified of death. And I can feel that when I play fighting games, like I'm scared to take big risks. And like, that's why when I was playing on a laggy monitor and someone would jump at me, like I would automatically block instead of like trying to anti-air and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that and really makes me go, hmm. (laughs) I feel like if you're terrified of death, your strategy might not be right because Mm. you shouldn't, you should believe in your strategy the only, if your strategy is correct and you believe in it, the only thing that can falter is yourself and your execution of the strategy. Dang. Dang. I'm, I'm going to come mean, away from this episode no, I, I reevaluating it. my whole life here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's only if your strategy is correct and you can only learn if it's correct by right. trying to apply it over a certain amount of time. What and, if it's and, incorrect and you die? Well, if it's incorrect and you die, you've already accepted death. You're fine in it. Just go on to the next one. <laughs> All right, fair. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, when I've seen you play... You, you adapt. 
Yeah, I, 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 I see this in your playstyle. So, um, your, you know, your previous characters that you talked about, I can, I can see that. I can see that right now as you're playing Sub Zero and are okay with four two into big risk and getting punished for it. Before that, you were very throw heavy, which is very punishable in MK11. Um, that that is how how do you go about managing when to when to take the risks that could lead to death? All right, so the whole throw heavy thing, right, the, the throw heavy thing comes from MKX because people were mashing in that game and throw beats mash, and the only thing you can do to stop that in that scenario is either unblock or jump or something. In which case, you just do the mid. It's the basic. It's, it's always I'm always boiling it down to the basics, right? You have to do this or you have to do this. Either way, you're taking something or I'm taking something, but I could just play the safer half of that part every time, you see? So where am I going to logically do each one? I'm going to try and mix that up. Hmm. Um, but with things like subs forward too, that's not as risky as it sounds, really. Like the grab, you will die for. You get down to crush and blowed. Subs forward too, you're going to do more damage than they're going to punish you for. And the only things you can do, it's like what I was saying, you have to pick this or you have to pick this. Subs overhead in that game is it destroys all the defensive OSs, it will beat jump. So they're the, they're the two main threats to the, the throw game. See, so it's, it's all circled around that still. So if you want to jump my throw, you die. If you want to duck my throw, you die. Everyone wants to do both of those things all the time. And the only answer you have to that is stand block. And are people are people going to stand there and block in Mortal Kombat? I don't think so. So just forward oh. to them. And a lot of the time they're advancing crouch blocking as well. It's great. It's a good move. Just do it. And if it goes wrong, what they're going to do? You're taking forty. They're probably taking thirty at most. But they have to be stand blocking. And in that case, the rest of the game is now open to you. <laughs> And I see this too in the way that you pick which options to use. So if you're not an MK11 player and you're watching this, uh, Sub has this 4-2, which is a really far, fast overhead that mm -hmm. is cancelable. You can do big damage out of it, but it's a bet. It's a bet. You can't hit confirm it by itself. Um, he also has a really good footsie normal in back one that a lot of people use. That's like really good for whiff punishing. It's very effective. It can be hit confirmed into other stuff. You never use that. <laughs> right, I mean, you are you are only using four two. So you talk to me about how you like boil down, you know, even which of the characters' moves to even use. When you played Lao, you barely barely used most of his options. It was forward four forward, throw. Forward, I mean, three, yeah, down three. Yeah. So <laughs> how how is it that you go about boiling down in that way? Uh, right. So subs back one. I'm never using. It's high. You're gonna get mashed on in Mortal Kombat. Everyone knows this. Everyone's mashing all the time. <laughs> but the back three has it has like a very. It's a minor amount of difference in the range between back one and back three. So if you space yourself better, the back three is gonna be better because it will crush everything. Like you won't you won't fail with it. You'll get the you'll get the hit you're looking for. Whereas if you do back one, they could just go under it and it could all go wrong. Um, with Lau, it's like I'm, I was never doing forward one, three, you know, the mid, the fast mid he's got because the forward one by itself, your turn's over. The forward one, three, every option up of it was unsafe. Yeah, it's a fast mid, but that just means that both sides of your option are now unsafe. Whereas if I did forward four, I could confirm it. It was big damage if it hit. Um, and then if they want to block, they can get grabbed or whatever, something like that. Hmm. Interesting. So, your 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 playstyle overall. I mean, if you just had to encapsulate it, are you 
Are you risk management or or what? Um, I'd say theoretically it's anti-meta, but also meta at the same. Like, um, it's you can even see it with my character choices. Like, say twenty sixteen, Melina was kind of anti-meta. Like, she wasn't killing people off of fifty-fifty. She was just playing a little are you going to move forward or backwards here sort of game with her back one. Um, I don't really know if Deadshot was anti-meta. Maybe the way I played it was a bit unusual. Um, Shang, that's another one. It's kind of anti-meta. It was like, I'm just going to play someone with an auto shimmy because everyone thinks I'm going to throw, you know? <laughs> the, the meta is throwing Mortal Kombat, so what you're going to do around it is now the game you're playing. So I wanted to play auto shimmy or overhead or just you know keep away something like that i don't know that's that was kind of long for your question really wasn't it that wasn't the purpose <laughs> my bad no it's all no good. dude I, I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about your playstyle because it is it's one of the more unique ones you know you you will talk about your playstyle or about your skill or whatever you called yourself I, we play an ass player like you're you'll <laughs> say that you'll say that stuff in public and then Whenever I've talked with you about it or like heard you talk about it, it's like this is actually your life philosophy. It's as like deep as it actually can get. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just I'm just doing the overhead, no big deal. Like you're the I was just doing I did a lot of overheads. So you're not out there just like doing whatever. You have thought about this. Uh, I take a lot of philosophy from like martial arts and stuff like that. Interesting. And warriors and whatnot like, was that it's like uh, bruce lee it's like bruce lee said in it you fear not the man that practiced ten thousand kicks one time but the man that practices one kick ten thousand times right. you don't want to mess with him do you so you know, <laughs> that's that sub-zero overhead lot, right <laughs> i've done a lot of forward twos, yeah, exactly. like, I know yeah. forward two, well um i mean did you get into a lot of this philosophy because of fighting games or were you studying a lot of that even before halo even before fighting games and such I think uh, most of it was I realized it myself and then stumbled on it uh, upon it being spoken by somebody else and then managed uh, to make the connection. Interesting. Okay. But was that was that during your FGC career or even prior to that? Oh, yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be because like, okay. I've been competing in fighting games for 10 right, years now. Right. So that's like most of my adult life. Yeah. And so actually, like, long time. I, I would like to ask, like, what? What would you say, like, can you tell people about the role that, like, uh, Problem X has had in your career? Because for a long time, you were PXP Foxy Grandpa, right? <laughs> yeah, PXP uh, Foxy Grandpa, yeah, Problem X Promotions. Yeah, he's he's basically, like, yeah, Problem X is sick, but I can't say a bad word about him. He is, like, my number one supporter in the FGC, man. He's, he believed in me um, during MKX. He was, like, saying, yeah, you're doing sick. I'm going to send you to this tournament. And you're gonna you gonna do good. And like, you sent me to the tournament. That was SCR. Uh, hold on, 2015. And uh, yeah, did you just it. look really? at the medal yeah, that's hanging? No, it's a trophy. It's a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I've got too many. Like I've got too much. Like to hang up. And <laughs> look at this guy. Move around. Oh, I was good from the beginning. I've got too yeah, many medals in the room. Medal. You know. Oh my goodness. Bro, I can count my medals on one hand. <laughs> got one wall two walls and uh Jeez. a whole like 
cab that could be in a cabinet over there. It needs to be in a cabinet. It's like on top of a. I love it. I love a it. Pile of trophies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big ass pile of trophies. <laughs> like I mean, Scrooge McDuck. Was 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 that your first? I mean, ability to travel to these events was literally just you know Benjamin just saying, "Hey, I'm gonna fly you out to this event." He he was like the one that um, basically just allowed me to go free and cause all the chaos. Really, <laughs> the first one for me was uh, Evo 2012. You know the one PL one the second time, yeah, that mm. one in MK9. Nice. I mean, I passed out in the Vegas heat, like, because I'm diabetic, right? So oh, I, I went not used to the heat and it made my blood sugars drop, passed out, cracked oh, my head, no. got six staples. Are you I serious? Got, yeah, I got 13th in that tournament. I got, I got, I missed an anti air and got 100%ed by Cyrax. You know how it is in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anti -air. That's okay. crazy, dude. I, I remember, I remember you doing really well. I didn't know the story about you being injured before that though yeah that's wild <clears throat> i survived <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> hey look um, man so you went to evo didn't care about the heat because you know what you know you're just embracing death the whole time i, I, right? so, I, yeah. I didn't know it was i didn't know it was coming I didn't <laughs> i'm from the uk it's always gray here that was something yeah. else um, you didn't you didn't have a strategy yet for vegas heat no not at all um, i learned in in these days we're playing mk11 we've been playing this game for coming up on a couple years at this point uh talk to me yeah. about how you think about this game i i'm an mk fanboy first honestly so i'm just gonna whatever mortal kombat you throw at me i'm gonna love it like it's just it's just the way i am i love mortal kombat i love the universe of it I like Mortal Kombat 11. I like Mortal Kombat X. I like MK9. I like mm. all of the Mortal Kombat games. Like, um, I'll play whatever they throw in front of me, and I'll make the best out of it. It's like what I'm doing right now. Like, just finding whatever I can to amuse myself in the game. <laughs> Interesting. And, and the way that you play, I mean, philosophy-wise, it's not about, like, character loyalty or anything like that, right? It's just pick what's going to help you win the best. No, not necessarily. I mean, I could play. I could just play Cetrion or something. I pick. I see what is being played, and I normally tend to pick something that is a bit minor, like a little bit against the grain, mm. maybe. I mean, I, I definitely do have some unusual picks, like Shiva and whatnot. I feel like I innovate characters in each game. Hmm. So, like, I'll have a main. Like, I'll always play Kung Lao, and then I'll find some next character that nobody is using. Like Melina, people weren't playing Deadshot that way. Shang in this game, Shiva in this game, and uh, my variation of Sub Zero is a bit wonky in comparison <laughs> to the rest as well. I mean, you played RoboCop, but we played Top Eight. Oh yeah, Ro RoboCop. Yeah. But whose RoboCop is better, yours or Ultra David's? <laughs> okay, thanks, Tubbo. You can try it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do. I do want to see that. Absolutely, yeah. We Please. actually have played games online, even though we've played. We're so far apart. Not in MK, but we played in KI, and it was actually an okay yeah, connection. KI. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Shout outs to KI. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no. I was just about to ask. Like, you know, you're a big fan of Mortal Kombat and stuff, but you've been talking about Deadshot and everything like that. So, do you enjoy the Injustice games as much as you enjoy Mortal Kombat, or is is I is just it's mostly I'm Mortal not, Kombat? I'm not. 
I'm not into DC comics in the first place. Mm-hmm. I play Injustice because I'm just good at it. That's pretty much the way for me. <laughs> but I, I, Deadshot was Deadshot was cool, but they nerf him. See, this is my problem with NRS games. I'm always going to get something nerfed. And <laughs> I, did, I had the price. I'm I always going to get something nerfed. I had to pay the price. I had to pay the price for playing Deadshot like that. So you know, <laughs> my time was limited, and Batman as well. Oh, but I feel like I was only part of Batman's problem. Well, they nerfed Shiva Stomp. That's fine, but the stance. <laughs> turn the stance. Why are they? Why are they getting rid of stance? I mean, <laughs> give. We demand justice for the. Oh, yeah. I've got thanks. something actually. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You've been holding on to that. Yeah, no. I was like, it I looks forgot. like. A... This is getting good out here. I've got queen shirts. <laughs> <laughs> dude i've been seeing that emote in the chat dude <laughs> yeah, so, so, uh, hit me up if you want a queen shirt <laughs> oh that's amazing oh so, well, this this kind of brings in now we're talking about the emotes in the chat so you uh, are not just competing at a high level at this point you have a stream that's been very successful too um can you talk about how it is that you got into streaming and then how it came to be successful um i was just streaming because shiva released honestly and i saw her back pro and i thought it was hilarious and then I was, <laughs> everyone else thought it was hilarious and i was like yeah this is hilarious so i was gonna keep stomping people out like back throw people to death and then uh yeah people people like that i guess they must find me funny sometimes i say a funny thing or two and then i was it just keeps it's perpetual like i keep good people come into my stream they're all funny it's it's a good uh it's a good environment on twitch yeah i think I, uh, it's I, I lurk i lurk pretty often i, I, I think it's because i'm a twitch stream. stream monster myself so i know how twitch functions oh. and we, we just like chaos like <laughs> chaos <laughs> and suffering and all that all that stuff in fighting <laughs> games what everyone wants to do so i'm here to give it <laughs> Uh, you definitely do, and you have you have some innovative ideas. Like, how is it that you you came up with the idea, or maybe you at least, or the reason that I took the idea of having audio clips taken from things like in game? Was that something you came up with, or did you see somebody else do that? Um, I've seen like uh, Rio using Brady's uh, soundboard and stuff like that, but I just like when people game a rage at me. I watch Game of Rage. I watch Game of Rage on YouTube and stuff like that, and I've always noticed that it's always the same ones. They're never really any new ones, but I cause a lot of it. So why am I not just <laughs> why am I not just gonna capture it? It's like it's it's gold. It's music to my ears. Dude, I, I, then I, I'm surprised you don't watch my stream when I play fighting games a lot more, dude. <laughs> I've watched your streams. I've watched you play Soul Calibur and stuff like that before. Yeah, okay. Street Fighter. <laughs> but it's different. I think it's different when you're watching a stream and the streamer is raging compared to when the streamer is causing the rage. Oh yeah, for sure, because for sure. It's, it's different. I'm not. I'm not really well, doing I mean, anything to them other than playing the game like a dick. So uh, you know, I'm <laughs> I mean, playing the game like a dick. But I'm cool. Like I'm. I'm cool. Like you. You want to talk to me? I'm cool. But, uh, <laughs> if you can't handle my play style, then you're probably gonna get pissed. Oh man, that's funny. Uh. Yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a really funny one for me to watch because I have the same proclivity. I also enjoy 
making people rage. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice because it's like, I don't live that way in my normal life. So to have to have like the outlet of gaming as a way to be like, here's like my my jerkery. Tupperware is giving me the eye right now, but I I don't live that way in my real life. (laughs) I'm trying to think to my. I'm even thinking to myself like, is that true? (laughs) But in gaming, not James. (laughs) But in gaming, it's a really nice escape. How how do you how do you view like your kind of gaming? personality philosophy aside your personality in gaming versus your personality in normal life right um well if you know me in normal life i'm cool like i'm just cool i'm easy to get along with um it's not too far removed like i'll I'll talk to the people in my stream like i'll talk to you in real life if you're having a conversation with me i'll talk to you like we are here it's not it's not anything drastically different i guess uh, on my stream i'll role play my characters and stuff like that that's a bit yeah. different like that that is that is something funny to do but if i was like with my let's say my best mate we'll do that anyway in a game so it's just it's just it's just me being me really <laughs> yeah i mean honestly one of the one of the most you know cool things that you know i've learned just today is you know just you are you do exude this very strong air of very calm you know collected and just you know very uh what's the word i'm looking for just like very uh confident you know yeah i mean i'm not gonna if i put my mind on something i'm pretty sure i can do it just gotta commit just do it it's pretty much it nice James, I feel like if you went to your first tournament ever and you won it, you would have confidence <laughs> as well. <laughs> like you'd be feeling pretty good about yourself. <laughs> I got third place to my two other people that I went with at my first tournament. Okay, okay. Right. pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> I definitely went zero and two at my first one. Oh man. We we talk a little bit about MK Live in the game. How do you feel about the NRS scene in general nowadays? Um. It's all over the place. I'm not really. Um, I feel like there's a lot of ways to describe it. Really, some it depends if you're talking about the Twitch side of it, the, the uh, tournament mm-hmm. side of it, the Twitter side of it. There's there's like multiple. Give me all these angles, areas. man. All right, okay. So the Twitter side of it, the Twitter side of it, you, just, you kind of mostly just want to say, yeah, they're just going to do whatever they're going to do, <laughs> get into arguments. The Twitch side of it, are all funny. They're all gods. You're all gods in the chat. You... Mortal Kombat on Twitch is hilarious. Um, <laughs> what was the other? What was the other side? The tournament side. Tournament side are all. They're all good people as well. Like, they're. Yeah, I'm. I'm for the MK community. Like, there's no reason for me to not be for the MK community. They haven't ever done me any wrong, and I'm not going to try and do them any wrong either. It's, I think it's a great community. It's better than when I was like. Playing first-person shooters is different. It's different. <laughs> I feel like we actually are a community here, mm-hmm. even right. with yeah. all the bickering and whatnot. Over there, it's a bit more cutthroat and political. You know, I think here yeah. is you're here. Doesn't even matter how good you are. Doesn't who cares? Like just do your thing. Well, but as far as the tournament side as well, what are your thoughts on the? competitive caliber of the scene nowadays have you do you feel like it's changed since you've been in the scene or or, you know how how do you feel about it these days it's changed it's definitely changed 
we've gone through I've, I, like, I normally think of it as like generations I think we're like probably on generation 3 of players now so it would be like MK9 and Injustice 1 MKX and Injustice 2 now mm. MK11 generation 3 so it's like two games per genera generation of players so each new generation of players you get the few that come in that are they're now up there you know so it's on the ones before it to either meet the level or ascend to stay on top and i think that's why players like sonic dragon rewind myself like each generation we're still there because we're i don't know we're just stubborn or something like that <laughs> <laughs> well cool man uh, I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch you play over the years, and since we haven't really been able to have normal tournaments in the past year plus at this point, it's been really cool to watch you on stream too and see how that stream's going for you. It's been it's yeah, been yeah. fun for you me were, just as a viewer. You were the sole reason I was watching me play Mortal Kombat. So. <laughs> right, awesome, man. Appreciate it. Hey, you 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 excited for the the the, the movie coming out here? Yeah, I'm not really a big film watcher, but I'll definitely watch the MK film. Nice. Here's what I'm saying. Just throw anything Mortal Kombat at me, I'll watch it. <laughs> you ever seen um, MK Conquest, the live-action series? Someone, tell me one of you has watched that. Yeah, I, I watched it. Yeah. Wasn't it just great? Was it great? Uh, maybe yeah. not an adjective I would pick. <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> Wasn't it just great? <laughs> it was great. Dude. Um, now I'm like wondering MK if Conquest you actually like it. anything. Just, if, that's, if that is... What strikes you as great? I'm. Ah. Hey, that's why I'm a kung lao man. That's why I'm, I was a kung lao man. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. that's it. I'm not even joking. Uh, that's funny. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, please pitch everything that you can. Plug yourself. Oh yeah, right. Sorry, hold on. I've got experienced twerk quality shirts. If you've been in my stream, you'll know about twerking Goro. I'm sure someone in the chat will put a space ribbon. <laughs> if you don't know about twerking Goro, you need to come to my stream at twitch.tv slash foxygrandpa. You can see it down here somewhere. Yeah. That's how you spell my name. And of course, queen shirts. Yeah. Where are you selling those? Yeah, I was just about to ask where uh, you can get I need, those. I'm going to, I'm going to make a tweet soon. Okay. So follow me on Twitter and at a foxy grandpa, as you can see. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, All right. man. Yeah, so thank you for having me. I'll see you guys it. in a bit. Thanks for hanging, right. buddy. Yep. Yeah, you got to take care. All right, later. Have Bye. a good night or morning or whatever's going on. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, cool. Well, I really like that guy. Thanks a lot to him for coming on to the stream and talking with us for the last little while. Very interesting about his philosophy, oh, yeah. right? Like, I, I, I really Great. like his views on gaming. It's cool, dude. It's so crazy. Like I said, I, I'm gonna have to re reevaluate how I do everything in fighting games at this point in time now. <laughs> you know? Oh man. I mean, he was always one of my favorite players because you know he said that he's a Kong Lao main. You know, I'm a Kong Lao main as well. So yeah. I always loved watching him play uh, MK and definitely became one of my favorite players because he just was so good and and he would always do so well so and again you know i, I the reason one of the, my favorite things about bringing up that problem x you know the sponsorship that he had is just you know the the eu scene sticking up for each other and i think that's just a really really cool kind of story you know to talk about 
dude, super sick that he met Problem X the very first time he went to a tournament, and um, the uh, the brothers uh, as well. Ketchup or maybe he said that that was the very next time, but whatever. Like that's so cool that that all happened yeah. really quickly. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks a lot, Tim, for hanging out. So let's move on to the next one now. Pew. It's uh, there was a lot of questions, so the text is kind of small on the screen this time. So. Well, I'll read it out as per usual. Number one, what do you think about fighting games letting loose some super bosses on the ranked ladder? For example, randomly facing Shadow Lady while playing SF5 ranked for a chance at huge rewards. Do you think fighting games can pull off giant killer matches like Teppin? Number two, how has the remote commentary experience evolved in the year since mm. the pandemic started? Any interesting stories or lessons learned? Number three, in your opinion, what is the most overrated fighting game? What game do people romanticize but really wasn't or isn't that amazing? Four, how would you feel if SF6 sidelined most legacy characters like Ryu, Ken, Guile, etc. for young characters like Sakura, Makoto, or Sean, or brand new ones? Number five, with Ryu and Chun-Li's upcoming vacation <laughs> being in Power Rangers, what other destinations are suited for the newly married couple to go to next? How many vacations before landing into the world of Marvel again? I love the phrasing of that question. <laughs> Number six, in honor of SF x bftg what are some fighting game character matchups you'd like to see mashups you'd like to see ryu kang <laughs> jenny bogard soul zero agonostaroth that's hilarious <laughs> i do want to say clarify that you know being crossed with uh that one with ryu kang it would definitely be ryu kang <laughs> okay ryu kang yeah that's true yeah the she <laughs> who would uh would prime justin wong still be the best in this era how would prime sonic fox do in the older fgc era who would win between just prime justin versus prime fox in a gauntlet of one nrs game marvel versus capcom 2 and any other fighting game neither one is known for boy that person's trying to make us fight yeah number eight build the roster to the ultimate action movie versus crossover fighting game multiples of actors characters are allowed like arnold schwarzenegger can have terminator uh whatever conan etc keanu Reeves can have neo john wick etc who's in who do you got well we're not gonna be getting to that one tonight we're gonna be getting to the <laughs> two that tied there are oh two interesting that okay. Tied. okay let's get to the top one first why not number two how has the remote commentary experience evolved in the year since the pandemic started? Any interesting stories or lessons learned? Interesting. Interesting question. Thanks a lot for that one. Well, what do you guys think? What do you have to say? I mean, obviously, people are getting better at it. Um, it's interesting because... Every company that you work with, every group that you work with does it very differently. And, uh, you know, some people have their own proprietary system. Some people just use Discord and everything. Uh, but, you know, I, it's it's been kind of neat because, it, you know, it's afforded us opportunities to do stuff like me commentating on Salt Mine League, you know, for a tournament in Germany, etc., etc., you know, and... It's it's just it's part of the whole streaming experience again. It's just like cobbling all this technology together and figuring out a way to make it work, which is what feels like the FGC is good at. I mean, look what we're doing with Parsec and stuff like that, right? So, um, I mean, like I said, during the course of the year, it's obviously gotten better. We've even developed weird techniques, like when we do CPT, 
you know, we have the ability to look at one stream or the other stream to see which one is delayed and we commentate off the That's right true, yeah. one. Or your strategy that you gave to St. Cola of using the, the YouTube, I mean, the actual Twitch stream as an instant replay for yourself. <laughs> you know, a lot of little funny things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how I initially feel. I feel like, you know, we've just gotten better at it over time as expected. And I don't see it going away once the pandemic is over. You know, I think we've gotten comfortable enough with it, with all the systems like, you know, Smash GG, Match Reno, Discord. And, you know, thanks to a lot of the pioneering, especially by uh, the, uh, you know, Reddit, Street Fighter, now the online local uh, they've really paved a way and really set kind of the standard for a lot of people. And I think that, you know, they helped us advance that much quicker with a lot of the lessons that they had already learned early on. Yeah, I don't really have anything interesting to say about it. <laughs> I haven't done a ton of commentary. I've only, I mean, the last thing I commentated was a Marvel event with Persia about a month ago. So, oh, nice. I okay. mean, I haven't been super active. I mean, there's... I was always invited to do Wednesday night fights and things like that, but also it's like, eh. <laughs> it's, uh, no, like I'm not getting paid for it. It's, I'm just like taking a break on things, waiting for real life to come back because right. in all honesty, I don't enjoy doing online commentary very much. It doesn't hit the same. It doesn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. um, it feels a lot less important. I mean, I still give my all when I do it, and I still, you know, try to put on a great show, but it just doesn't feel the same, you know? Um, yeah. It's kind of like playing online tournaments. It just doesn't feel like, it doesn't matter how good the netcode is, it just doesn't hit the same. Yeah. So uh, it just kind of leaves me feeling lonely because I miss real events. Yeah. So I've been avoiding it a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a fair comparison between online play and online commentary. I feel like there's a lot of similarities between them. One is certainly that there's no social aspect. If we're in the same room together, like we are right now, for example, <laughs> as I turn to James, you know, we can give each other cues, right? We can be like, say I'm talking too much. James can like lean forward and be like, oh, you know, he can like get my attention and then right. probably like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like there are things like there are verbal cues that work but then there are like physical cues that actually are really important in commentating that you just yes, don't get absolutely. online and then that's even on top of like in person we'll like go out to lunch afterward or we'll have dinner or whatever you know we'll hang out like the whole social experience is not we'll there the fart milk table. <laughs> we'll hang out at the fart milk, milk table yeah yeah exactly. i mean so honestly just to, sorry to interject but like you know one of the biggest lessons of commentating online is just learning to stop talking because it's harder for the other person to get in a word. And so commentating online, I've been a lot more cognizant of, of just making sure that I stop with the tone, like, look, I'm done. You can talk now. You know what I mean? Because you can end sentences like, oh, and then he did this and that was really interesting. Or you can end it with, you know, like, oh, and he did this and, you know, that was really interesting. You know, and then that's like different cues to your your co-commentator on. You Have can you start guys talking now. Though that that's been creating more of like an esports cadence, which uh, doesn't work quite as well for fighting games because I've uh, definitely noticed that. Uh, not for me, not for me. I feel like I've been doing it mostly the same kind of way, but I'm not sure actually. 
there's more there's more pause in between in between what people are saying there is hmm. yeah like like you were saying jay's people are more cognizant to not mm-hmm. talk over each other right and to me that sounds a lot more like an esports cadence than what fgc commentary normally is hmm. dude what if this whole time we just have been misattributing that to how they want to talk but actually they've had more online commentary than we have this entire time because yep. they have more <laughs> online more online games exactly. in general so maybe that's where they come from, and maybe that's like the reasoning. Why well, my action got to think about this? This is, is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's not just that it's harder to get the other person's attention and to like take your turn, but it's also that there is in fact a little bit of a delay. It takes yes. some small period of time to travel across the void, and yeah. some services are better than others on that. And sometimes there's a little bit more time, just depending on like what the service is. Sometimes Discord's weird, even the one that's typically good. Sometimes it's weird. So yeah. you have this little bit of an extra window, and so you gotta like wait. So say that say I stop talking, I have to wait just a little bit to see if the co-commentator is <laughs> gonna start talking or not, or if I want to continue my turn or what. Like it's it's just this kind of question that's not yeah. really there in offline commentary. Yes. Right, so exactly. Much faster, faster feedback. Um, and that that is also much like playing online. Playing online, you have these little delays all the time. Even in good rollback netcode, still sometimes have little stutters. It's still not super perfect, uh, even if in general it's good. So you're you're forced to play a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And in commentary, it's the same. You're forced to commentate a little bit differently than you would be online. I haven't uh, offline. I haven't done offline commentary. You know, since b- before the pandemic, yeah, I've done yeah. offline hosting. I did hosting for the Capcom season fina- final, but that wasn't live commentary, so it really wasn't the same thing. Right. But I'm I'm curious to know to notice in myself if I'll change how I do offline commentary once I get back to it. Yeah. Like, will I have been I, the I player who plays online for a year and then I come I to offline so. events? I don't it, think you, so. Yeah, I think it's going to be like riding a bike. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't think that it's going to change how OG, I guess you could say now, fighting game commentators commentate. Maybe the St. Colas of the world, the newbies, the new guys <laughs> might have that esports cadence. All right. But us vets, no problem. It's it's so fascinating to, to me, though, because even like when we're doing the Tuesday show here, like when we did it live it's just weird how the live versus the 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 discord conversation like it's harder for us to talk at the same time like i feel like when you're both talking at the same time over discord discord doesn't know how to handle that and it gets really muffled and 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 so when we're local and we're actually there offline yeah you know you mentioned like the esports cadence of going back and forth one after another but at offline events we would talk at the same time and kind of be like oh my god what's we yeah we could you know like at the same time and like we could do that and we can't really do that because as soon as you do that both people disappear and god i can't stop thinking about this now like how fascinating it is yeah, that very interesting. it might have actually affected the way that you know fighting game commentary has been and why we have this difference because we had always done this offline. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Tiny text in the chat says your commentary reactions will be better once you get back to offline, and then puts the little like funny face. But I think that might be right. I could totally see that being right. Like I, I feel like I'll be extra aware yeah. of when the co-commentator wants to talk because I will have 
built up this kind of like sense mm -hmm. even more than I had before of when the person wants to talk and I'll have even clearer sentence ending to yeah. make it obvious like when I'm giving up my turn to talk. Right. I mean, one of the things, honestly, that I will say that does kill me the most about online commentary is that I feel like I'm watching something and I feel like the commentary is going great. And then I watch a clip and I see that my voice is actually like two seconds behind of what the action yeah. is. And it's like, that's heartbreaking a lot of the times because, you know, it's, it's just, it, it hurts the enjoyment factor because it's disjointed. It, it, it is distracting yeah, sure. kind of thing. And I wish there was a way we could fix that, but I mean, the world is big, you know, like it, we're not going to be able to get it to be perfect like that unless, I don't know, like, I don't know if there is a technology to make sure everything's synced up together, but I almost wish now there was a way that you could delay the video feed of something to match the audio feed. <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen that done, but what yeah, that, you can definitely do that. You can definitely okay. do that. But what does happen sometimes, especially in Street Fighter V, is that we'll be watching through the game client. Yeah. And one of our games will just be behind. CFN will just be behind for you. Yep. That mm -hmm. happens. And when that happens, so that, that presents a really interesting commentary challenge, though. So now you'd, like, I'm, I can pick up based on what my co-commentator is saying that they're in the future yeah. I'm behind, right? <laughs> yeah. So now I know that I'm in the past and like, how do I handle that? What's, what do I provide? Do I stop talking until I get reset, like back to the right time? No, I can't provide zero content or zero input. Right. So I have to provide other stuff. Like I'm no longer able to do on the spot analysis. Right. I'm no longer able to do like play-by-play play in a way that's trying to hype up or that's mm -hmm. trying to like tell some story or whatever i have to instead maybe focus more on like what's the overarching storyline here like right. maybe the co-commentator says something that provide like tells me what's up i don't actually know what's happening <laughs> so i'm hearing in my ear like oh the player like nice dp blocking overhead for the for the yeah, 10th uh -huh. time or whatever it is. so now i can come in and be like oh they just haven't been able to block an overhead the whole day like i can i can provide stuff still but that's different than I would otherwise. Yeah. So I've had to like kind of solve how I mean, to approach this. Again, it's it happens on every platform. Like I said, when we do CPT commentary, we'll have a Zoom feed and we'll actually have the in-game client. I actually watch both of them to see which one of them is ahead and which one is more real time with my co-commentator. And so sometimes I can watch the beautiful 1080p crystal clear stream, and sometimes I have to watch this really terrifyingly compressed Zoom feed. But, you know, even when we do it on Discord, it happens all the time. I just did commentary with St. Cola on the salt mine stuff, and, you know, I could sense things were off, and I didn't even realize how off I was until I saw a clip on on, on Twitter, you know, of a highlight. And I was like, what the heck? And it's like, it's it's... That's probably the thing that hurts the most of this remote commentary is that we haven't figured out a technology yet to make that work just yet. Because even if we try to watch the same feed, we're still getting the feed at different times, you know, and that's rough. One thing that I've learned to do, too, is to keep the video feed of my co-commentator open as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'll have... If if it's if we're watching through the game client, then I'll have 
the Discord call with the other co-commentator or the Zoom call, whatever it is, open so that I can see if they're getting antsy or whatever. Like, <laughs> to try to get some aspect of the visual cue that I miss because mm -hmm. we're not in person. So that's been helpful. Anyway, I think in general, the, in answer to the question, how has it evolved? It's, it's evolved a bunch and it's definitely put in changes into how we commentate. We've like had to solve new problems that weren't problems before. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we deal with it when we come back to mm -hmm. the meat space. Okay. That was cool. Cool question. Yeah, I know. Really fascinating to think about and talk about, to be honest. So, all right. Let's go to the next one. Here it is. Number four. Tubaware. How would you feel <laughs> if Street Fighter VI sidelined most legacy characters like Ryu, Ken, Guile, etc. for young characters like Makoto, Sakura, Sean, etc. Uh, and as well for brand new ones. How would you feel? I would feel fine. I don't have um, character loyalty like that where I need to have certain characters in a game to enjoy it. Uh, but I don't think most Street Fighter players would be okay with it. They, they tried that with New Generation, and most Street Fighter players were not okay with it. I don't think it would be any different now. Um, I think a lot of people would be really pissed off if Ryu, Ken, and Chun-Li, at the very least, aren't in uh, you know, a new Street Fighter game. So I think it would be a bad idea, but I, I wouldn't be bothered by it. I think it'd be cool to see you know new versions of Sean or, you know... Uh, master level Makoto, things like that. Like, I think that would be really dope. Um, I'm more concerned with them doing another Third Strike prequel. As much as I don't care about lore, I still want to know what happens after Third Strike, because I've known for like 20 years now. So I just want to know what's next. But <laughs> that's a whole different thing. So yeah, I, I, I don't... I wouldn't personally care, but I think it'd be a bad business move from Capcom. So you would play Son of Blanca? Sure, whatever. If I like the character, I mean, it could be a garbage character that I'll I'll pick whoever is good that I also like. That's my philosophy on who I pick. Uh, what What do you think Son of Blanca should be named? What's Son of Blanca's name? Uh, I actually, I, I in my in my in my head canon, Blanca is a sweet boy virgin, and he will never uh, sleep with a woman or anyone. He will always be in his. Okay, boy. what's his adopted son's name? His adopted son. Yeah, he's a sweet boy. He just wants to be with his mama, you know? Uh, his adopted son? Um, Blanca. I don't know, man. David. I, I don't know. I love it, actually. <laughs> a, complete, a complete curveball. You didn't go with yeah. any of the obvious, like, David. color oh, names David. in Spanish or Portuguese. You just... Nope. It's, 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 it's old boy Davey. Charlie would work too, you know. I was a boy in the in the movie. <laughs> that could be a. Why not Jimmy? Jimmy Junior. Sure, whatever. Yeah, his I... name's Jimmy. James. He's named his son James, not okay, Jim. James. Okay. Okay, for sure. So very James. specific, James. Son of Blanca is James. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it would be a huge mistake <laughs> if yeah. they if they right. went this route. I think it would be a terrible, terrible because. It's already been proven that it's not a good idea. Most fighting games succeed off of their legacy. Nostalgia, I think, is a little bit too powerful. Um, 
And I, I think that that's, you can't, do, new generations already proved what can happen, right? New generations came out, a lot of people are like, what the hell is this? And now, yeah. obviously, we love the characters because it was given all that time and everything. So it can also show maybe why it could succeed. But I just think it's better to, I would rather them do like with Street Fighter Five. You know, and bring back Zangief and Dalsum and make them super interesting and like tweak them from how they used to play, uh, you know, while still maintaining that cut. Because I mean, like the, the whole thing, like one of my main reasons why I've hated Necro is like, OK, so you made a new game and now you just made a replacement Dalsum. Like, ooh, like, wow, you know, like I would rather you just put Dalsum in the game and have him fight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He had electricity too, okay? He was Dalsa Dalsa Blanca Blanca Sim. He was he was both, okay? Anyways, it would be a huge mistake. <laughs> I, I, it's just like I said, from a financial standpoint, I mean look how happy everyone gets. Like like, you know, in the KOF universe, Yashiro comes back, Chizuru comes back, and everybody is just absolutely losing their shit over these things. You know, Yurian shows up in third, I mean, in Street Fighter V, and you saw how Joe reacted to that and stuff. Like, you can't do it so that you sideline the majority of the characters, but if you do, like, a situation where it's half and half, half old characters, half new characters, and then as the seasons go and DLC comes in, you keep bringing in a good mix between the two. I think that's the right way to go, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think there's a reason that we were talking earlier about having Ryu in Battle for the Grid and Chun-Li in Battle for the Grid and not, like, El Fuerte yeah, and exactly. Viper <laughs> or whatever, like, whatever newer characters. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. I feel similarly to Tupperware. Totally cool with me if it's like daughter of Zangief and son yeah. of Dalsum and like I okay, I it's totally fine with me. Um <laughs> I I'm just not as invested as much as I like those characters to be honest, like I'm not as invested as I know some are. The the character is interesting to me. It certainly has become more interesting to me over time than it used to be when I would have played a stick figure game or whatever. Like it is more interesting to me now, but it's not so interesting that I would or wouldn't play a game that I otherwise thought was interesting, like, gameplay-wise. So, yeah, I mean, I did play Third Strike, obviously. I was cool with it being Remy instead of Guile. I was cool with it being Necro instead of Dalsum, who didn't even, he didn't even play, like, a zoner anyway in that game, but you can't, I guess. Uh, it, anyway, all that stuff was cool with me. I just, I, I also agree with both of you that it would not be as financially successful as it would be if it were full of all the characters that so many people really do care about. Like, it really does matter to them. It really does matter to some people that they've been playing E-Honda for 30 years, or whatever it is, right? Like, that is... It's actually 30 years, almost. <laughs> or no, is it? It actually is, right? Yeah. 1991? Yeah. yeah. Like, that actually really matters to some people, and that's cool. I'm not going to say that it shouldn't. Like, it, we all have different priorities. So I totally get why it's a bad financial idea. I think there are also people, though, who are kind of in the middle of this, who are also really invested in characters. That really matters to them. But they are really interested in characters that aren't just the original 8, 12, whatever it may be. Like, they're really interested in some of the characters mentioned in this question, for example. Sakura, Makoto, Sean. They're people who really care about these characters. And Sakura's been in 
quite a bunch. Right. Okoto's been in a couple of things. Sean hasn't. Sean's basically been sidelined yeah. ever since he, he was intentionally nerfed from second impact when he was strong. Terrible. Unsafe on hit in some stuff. Yeah. Which they wouldn't do unless it was intentional, right? So he's been totally sidelined. And there are other characters that people care about. Viper's one of them. I, certainly there are others too that people have attachments to. And so yeah. they'd like to see them back. I, I mean, think that's that makes sense. Like I said, I think... powerful, it, dude. It is powerful. If you add the new characters with the old characters, it turns those new characters into nostalgia, right? Look how many people were excited for Armika when she got announced in Street Fighter V. Nobody cared about Armika. Nobody played her. But then when she got announced, everybody was all excited about it. So <laughs> I've never seen so many people pretend that they cared about a character for a long time than when Mika was I'd, announced. I'd say Karin was the same as well. Totally right. Yeah. Totally right. Uh, Karin, I would give a lot more credit to than than Mika. I've I've known people who were legit like, oh, Karin is so awesome. I'm a big Karin fan. Mika never. There was like three people. <laughs> yeah, three maybe people. in Mika's case, maybe three to five people I had ever met. But Karen's not so much more. Ten. I mean, it's not 50 that who I'd ever met personally who had like asked for her to come back and it was super important to them. Right. Anyway, uh, I know that it is important for some people. So they, you you can't put literally every character in a game. You can't have right. everybody. Unless you you're Smash some... Brothers. Okay, Smash Brothers is doing a pretty good job of that. <laughs> but in general, you can't have every character. And at the same time, there are people who want to see new stuff, which right. I'm among. I want to see right. a new there... set of characters. So I've been really... I've been super excited for some of the new stuff in Street Fighter, in Mortal, like games that I play. Like, for example, Baraka was for, he's brand new in MK11. This is the first game that's had a Baraka in it. And that's, that's awesome. That's uh, you know, not that even close to true. What do you mean? Baraka's been in plenty of games. <laughs> I'm not okay, sure it was a what... joke about how useless yeah, I, and I, I know, I was just ruining before. your joke. <laughs> That was my joke. It's very clear. I mean, yeah. kind of as an intersection between two, like this conversation and previous conversations, there is one character's child that I do want to see in a fighting game as a brand new character, and that is Jessica. I do want to see Hagger's daughter. I never want to see Hagger in a fighting game, but I want Jessica to show up in a fighting game in a nice pretty red dress and have her spinning pile driver the F out of you and Larry at you and fight exactly like Hagger would with a pipe and everything. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> I actually just want to have Jessica just walk up to you with his pipe and just be like, thwack. Like, I think that would be amazing. Cause I oh, want to see, awesome. I want to see, uh, a female spinning pile driver grappling kind of character. I think that would be, that's what I've always thought would be awesome to do. Yeah, Capcom's not been great at putting those in, that's for sure. Yeah. No, honestly, Kraken, the reason why I don't want the former Street Fighter in actual Street Fighter game, because he retired as champion. And so, in my headcanon, he's that good. And, like, I would not like to end up have. I mean, that's why he's in Marvel vs. Capcom. He can compete with the other people who are, like, super-powered, right? I don't want Hagger to end up in a Street Fighter game and end up being low-tier Alex Grappler for five seasons, you know? Like, I, 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 that would break my heart. 
Who I, says Hagger has to be a grappler? He can change it up, man. Yeah, what if he retired as a grappler, but now he's back as a zoner? <laughs> he's he just, just pulls out a gun. He's throwing yeah, pipes yeah. everywhere, a dude. Big beach. It's just pipes getting thrown everywhere. <laughs> And they did give him a projectile on MVCI, by the way. True, he had the oil drum, and yeah, that's right. <gasps> that's right, he did. That's right. They oh, can man. lean into that side of things. <laughs> yeah, no, anyway. trust me, it breaks my heart that Ryu is so terrible in some of the in some of the fighting games, even though he's supposed to be so good, you know. But oh well, what, what are you gonna do? And anything else to say on this one? No. Nope. Let's move on. <coughs> Tournament results. We already talked about the We Play Ultimate Fighting League, Tekken 7. Again, Pakistan's the best. Shout outs to everybody there. Yeah. The Mortal Kombat Pro Competition North America number six happened. The Mighty Unjust, who I picked last year as newcomer of 2020, got first place. Nice. So, shout-outs to Ultra David for giving him the Ultra David bump. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's what I said. Uh, also, Averk won NA West. Pretty good. Pretty good. That uh, nice Scorpion out there. Smash World Tour Europe Online qualifier happened as well. And that was won by EDM Bloom Forever with Bayonetta, Corrin, and Duck Hunt. There was also a lot of community stuff. I didn't write down the results, but I just wanted to shout out the scene in MK for having like a tournament actually every night. Like it is, it's remarkable <laughs> how if you ever want to watch a Mortal Kombat tournament, you can totally do it at almost any time of day. And especially if you happen to live in North America and you want to watch something after work or whatever, community's got you covered on that. Good work, everybody. Yeah, I mean, one of the all. reasons why I've stopped running tournaments for soul cal distancing i used to do alternating between tournament and casuals is because a lot of the players would come in and be like man we're playing in like a soul caliber tournament every day and we're like stressed out and so i just changed it to purely casuals just so that they could have a nice chill time it, it's crazy like i've thought about doing grand blue stuff but there's like a grand blue event every day like it's crazy mm -hmm. how how packed it really is. Everybody out there trying to run events out there. Yeah, and man. even, uh, it's cool. uh, I know for the upcoming stuff, I don't know if you actually wrote, oh no, you haven't written it down there, but actually I think it just happened today. Was it, uh, Yipes and Chris Matrix? Or no, it was Yipes and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, Pai Chung, uh, uh, doing the, uh, the, uh, the can opener. Tournament. Yeah, they had a Street Fighter tournament today. Yeah, they're yeah. doing a Street Fighter tournament today. So, you know, everybody's running tournaments all over the place. Royal Rivals just did that. There was a all-women mm -hmm. Soul Calibur tournament that just took place and such. So, you know, there's events all over the place. Good work, everybody. Then let's go to the next one and just touch on it for a brief period. Upcoming is, this weekend, the first of the Capcom Pro Tour 2021 events. First okay. premiere is this weekend. April 17th to 18th, streaming on Capcom Fighters. They do it on YouTube. They do it on Twitch. And you can watch it on basically whatever. I think Facebook, even. It's in Japan. Tons of great players in Japan, obviously. I imagine most of them are going to be entering. Do you guys 
have predictions about who's going to win the Japan <laughs> 1 qualifier this week. Give me your number one. Oh, my goodness. I go. Yeah. That's actually a great choice. Why not? <clears throat> Daigo sounds about right. I mean, a lot of people had the prediction that if we had the Capcom Pro Tour Finals this past year, that Daigo probably would have won that. Uh, but the way that he's been practicing, it's not even... I mean, we talked about how we've been learning how to commentate from offline to, uh, to, from offline to online. Daigo has really embraced the offline to online mentality and play style and strategies. Uh, more than more so than anybody else. So I think Daigo has a really, really good chance of taking it. I like Bone Chan. <laughs> Bone Chan. Bone Chan. Yeah. Exactly. Three right. minutes. So Daigo. Sagat is really good, and people are out there saying that Sagat is like mid tier now, but I think Sagat's really good, and he's going to be sick. He's going to be a player to watch. All right. Uh, just as other people know, it's going to start at midnight at Pacific Standard Time. So it'll be uh, um, 12 a.m. for Pacific Standard Time. So if you're East Coast, uh, this weekend will start at um, 3 a.m. Yeah, there you go. Math is hard. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen Nemo be uh, playing a lot of Ed lately. Yeah. And not just Nemo, I've seen other people playing Ed. Yeah, that's crazy, but... I mean, look, I'm, I'm just saying Daigo is one of those players who will lose in those first things and then, you know, in these little exhibitions and he uses all that information, you know, he that's that's how he is. So, trying to see. Unless he's playing an exhibition against Tokido. Oof. Yeah. Bone Chan. Number one winner. You heard it here first. All right, that's it. Let's get to the mailbag. We're going to wrap it up. Mailbag. We got some good mailbags. Go ahead. In... Oh, sorry. Forgot to click save. There we go. You got to hurry it up, guys. There's the a... old Gen TV crew answers your questions. There's a whatchamacallit here. There's a whatchamacallit, so we're going to get on it. Thanks a lot <laughs> for that input. <laughs> T. Harris, uh, 3600 on curfew. YouTube. There's a curfew here. Well, we have. Is there an internet curfew for you, too? What yeah, you man. They had to shut it all down, dude. The whole city goes dark 10 p.m. <laughs> is that We're true? Done. No, it's not true. Okay, all right. I didn't think so. Uh, like I said, T. Harris, 3600 on YouTube. Was David serious about thinking a raw bagel is better than one toasted with a little butter? This is problematic. <laughs> I like how you read that. Let me teach well, you a little David? bit about bagel etiquette. So, if the bagel is fresh, it's to be eaten by itself, or with cream cheese, or as part of a sandwich. If the bagel is not fresh, it's to be eaten toasted and with butter. And you could also toast it. Some people put peanut butter on that. Mm. I'm not a huge fan, but some people do that. I, I actually, at, people... at my local donut place, me and my roommate will actually go get the toasted bagel with peanut butter and bananas. The Elvis yeah, bagel. that's not uncommon. Oh, so yep. good. Yep. Yep, for sure. For sure. I, th I think it's okay. I don't mean to say I think it's bad. It's just that's mm -hmm. not like my preference. I tend to do butter in that instance. So, yes. In some cases, a raw bagel is better than a toasted one. If it's toast, if, it, if you're taking a fresh bagel and toasting it, then you're getting rid of, like, the the texture of a fresh bagel, which is different than an older bagel. And it's really good. 
So it's really good. I would say please enjoy fresh bagels and don't put them in the oven too soon. But if it is a little bit uh, older, go for it. But I mean, what if you just have a blast? What if you just really enjoy the toasted crunchiness of things, you know? Well, then you might as well just get a store-bought bagel. Just buy, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Then, you know what, in fact, if you if you go to bageleries, a lot of them will have, like, here's the bagels that we sold, that we wanted to sell yesterday that we didn't actually get right. out in time. yeah, 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 yeah. So get one of those. And leave the fresh bagels for people like me who actually care about fresh bagels, James. You're out there precluding my bagel enjoyment, huh? You think I'm you're gonna, gonna take go all the out fresh there. bagels before I get a chance? I'm gonna go out to the next time I go out to a bagelry and I'm gonna ask for their freshest bagel and get it toasted. And get it toasted. You wouldn't dare. Just and you know what? I'm gonna take a pic I'm gonna ask them to let me take a picture of their freshest bagel before it's been toasted, and then I'll take a picture of it afterwards, and I will send it to you and put the psycho violins with it. So oh, my little boy, the poor bagel, didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you got some decent bagels out there as well in Santa oh, yeah. Monica. You guys have a Western bagel. You got some single store bagelries. I mean, to be to be fair, the place that I always get my bagels, the local donut shop, and it's always like at midnight. So it's not. I'm I'm definitely. Not harming any fresh bagels whenever I get my bagels toasted. So, also, you're getting bagels from a from a midnight. What? I was gonna say, why is your donut shop open at midnight? What? Yeah. Oh, you don't have that? We have that. No, that's not a thing here at all. My donut shop is open open to like two p.m. and then they're done. Mine is open for twenty-four hours, so it's just it's there. I've been there. That place has pretty good donuts for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the However, reason why the reason why I get the bagels from there is because I'm usually there to get a donut or a breakfast sandwich, and uh, and then I just happen to get a bagel while I'm there because I'm just in the mood for it. So, yeah, that's. It sounds like you're getting bagels from a place where it doesn't matter whether it's a fresh right. bagel or not a fresh mm-hmm, bagel. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, yeah. for sure, for sure. And and it's funny too because I would have never tried their breakfast sandwich if it wasn't for Tasty Steve. When when Steve and Sajam were on our on the Tuesday show before, I took them there one time, and Tasty Steve was just like, "I'm hungry for a breakfast sandwich," and he got like one of their breakfast sandwiches, and he just started eating it in the store, like while we were all like, you know, I was still trying to gather my stuff, and then he just started going off on how it was the best breakfast sandwich that he might have ever eaten. I mean, in pure. Tasty Steve fashion, and then the and the people there, the, the workers were like super amused by. It. He was like, "Yo, this is the best breakfast sandwich I've had. I swear to God, this is the best breakfast." And then I finally decided to try one. They're really damn good. <laughs> I was surprised at how they're very peppery. Like they put all this extra seasoning. It's really dang good. So, but yeah, it was you know, it was it was. Shout out to Tasty Steve. Otherwise, I might not have ever tried it. <laughs> I get him all the time now. <clears throat> you hang out with a Jew once a week for like five years, and I can't convince you to eat a bagel, and then Tasty Steve gets it in one night? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> to be fair, Steve is very, very uh, persuasive. Yeah, uh, He's very persuasive. Mm-hmm. That's true. I wanted to keep my arm, so I had to agree to it, so... I was getting there, man. Fat Cat three two one on Discord asks, in a not unrelated question, 
Do you dislike any food as much as Tasty Steve dislikes peas? <laughs> and do you get excited for anything as much as Steve does? Oh, he says dislike any food. Okay, I had an answer to that question. Like, I thought it was, do you dis dislike anything as much as you dislike peas? But I guess it's food, huh? Okay. Do you uh, dislike any food as much as Tasty Steve dislikes peas? For sure. What do you dislike? What do you hate? I, don't, I hate mango. mango. Mango? I hate the way it smells. What? I fucking hate mango. And if you want to count it, tequila. The smell of tequila makes me gag. What happened on tequila? You had too much of it no, one night. No, no, I just never ever could could drink it. Never. There wasn't like a night where I had too much. Or I rum, rum was like the thing that I drank till I hated it. Mm. But tequila, I've just always hated. If the agave plant wouldn't sink tomorrow, I would celebrate. I fucking hate tequila. I hate it so much. I don't want anyone else to have it. Dang, you would be the kind of person that would take the freshest bagel ever and toast it and send pictures to David. <laughs> Did you guys talk about this in advance? Because one of you is screwing with bagels, one of my most favorite foods, and you are screwing with tequila, my most favorite sipping drink. Yeah, I hate it. It's so gross, dude. I don't know how you do it. I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation many a times. I don't remember. If it was over tequila, I, I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't, and I don't like, I don't really like tropical fruits like kiwi and stuff in general. But mango, something about mango just makes me gag. Weird. Okay. I hate it. It's weird. Because Maybe I'm allergic to it and I just like don't know, but I, I won't eat the shit. The smell of it just makes me... Bleh. The smell? Yeah, it's gross huh. to me. But it's I love like bananas and oranges and apples and all that yeah. stuff, so whatever. I mean, the funny thing about me is I there's a lot of food that I don't like. I don't know if there's one that I actively hate as much as Tasty Steve hates peas. Like, you know, I, I generally don't like mushrooms, but I just had some truffle hot sauce that was amazing, and I'll eat some stuff with mushrooms every once in a while. It's not like eating the mushroom makes me gag, like, you know, kind of situation. Uh, I tend to not put onions on my burgers, but I'll eat onion rings. You know, like, there's always a way that I will find a way to make it acceptable. I'm not sure if there's really anything out there that I hate that much. I avoid a lot of foods just because... For me, eating is all about just being as pleasurable as possible. So I just try to get things that I just really think are delicious. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything I hate that much. Huh. For me, the answer is no. <laughs> I don't eat certain foods because of Jewishness. Like, I don't eat pig or, you know, shellfish, and etc. But... I haven't done that my whole life. I chose to do that uh, later in life. I wasn't raised that way. So I've had all of it, and it's I didn't stop eating it because it's not tasty. Like, it's all tasty, of course. So I've never really come across something that I've been grossed out by. And even, like, food that's not cooked great, I can just, I'll eat it. It's no big deal. Hmm. Um, I'll just, I'll make it through. I used to make some meals that were probably pretty gross, yeah, I guess, yeah, in retrospect. Sure. Yeah. I mean, bachelor chow. <laughs> I definitely made bachelor chow a lot. So I'm not I'm not super picky. I like things. I have preferences, but I also don't like dislike stuff for right. the most part. Yeah. Actually, uh Exilion might actually come up with something that's closest for me. It might be pickles. 
actually. Oh, pickles are fucking delicious. Get out of here. So actually, good. I actually hate pickles a lot, actually. It's either that or the other cucumbers. The other one that I was thinking of is bean sprouts, maybe. I'm not even a taster of bean because you know how there's that uh there's supposedly that gene that makes you that makes bean sprouts really bitter for you and there's oh, one yeah. that's not. I'm not sure if I'm even a taster. I don't even think bean sprouts are disgusting. I just think bean sprouts are completely useless. Like they don't add it. They're just there to add texture. That's all. Right. And I and I hate their texture. They don't add any flavor. They just add texture, and I don't like the texture of it. But pickles, I think my biggest problem with pickles are that if a pickle is on something, that's the only thing I taste. Like it's too Mm. dominating. It's too dominating. Like there's no such thing as a subtle pixel pickle. You know what I mean? So like I lots of subtle pixels though. Yeah, there are lots. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but definitely I will avoid like pickles because like, I mean, I can, I, I'm at a point though, but see, even then, like if there's a pickle on a burger and I take the pickles off and there's some pickle juice left on it. And when I eat it, I can still taste a little bit of pickles. That's not going to prevent me from eating it. Like, I'll just be like, but I'll still eat it and enjoy the, the non pickly parts of it. So I, I don't get know. the feeling, James, that you were the kid that if like your food touched on the plate, you'd say, "No, I don't want it." Uh, not that's what I'm getting the not, vibes from right now with the pickles. Not as much. Like I said, I I I was very picky. I wouldn't eat a lot of things. Like I would tell my mom, "I'm not gonna eat." The, you know, I was one of those picky kids. But I wasn't one of the ones that if it touched the plate, I would be done with it. I would still eat a lot of things. Like I was never that crazy you know i know people who will i know someone <laughs> who who will see an onion and just literally they lose their appetite completely like just by Dude, s- not only that but flo who you're talking about <laughs> uh had he didn't even yeah. know that some things had onions in onions, them yeah and when he found out that they had onions in them he liked the flavor beforehand he absolutely refused to eat them ever since <laughs> yep <laughs> In fact, there are things that I know that some foods contain that Flo has told me he enjoys that I won't tell him what's in it because I don't want to ruin it for him because it contains things that he says that he hates. Yep. Tried to be kind (laughs) here. I tried to remain, you know, no name. I will never tell him what's in a a, a few different things. I just, I don't want to take away his enjoyment of those things. I I tried my best not to reveal names, but, you know... Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I feel like if he knew what onion was in, he he wouldn't eat anything ever. <laughs> yeah, not, onions not just... and fucking everything, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. like, for and example... it's not just onion that he hates. There's other stuff that he's told me he hates that I won't say because I don't want I don't want you people watching to ruin it for him either. But he's told me that he hates that I know are in things he's also told me are like some of his favorite foods. Right. So. I mean, the interesting thing for onions is I really like the flavor. So I have a problem. So kind of tying to the bean sprouts and maybe even a a little bit to the pickles, I have texture is the thing that will make me dislike food more than anything else. Like mushrooms are kind of gross to me because they're slimy. And I don't like a lot of that weird, crunchy, watery crunchiness of vegetables, right? So like onions, like... If they're like on a burger and it's just like a raw onion on there, like I don't like it. When they get all soft and gooey like in an onion ring, I make my own gumbo and by the time the gumbo is done, the white onions in there basically just dissolve and melt in your mouth and they're delicious. 
So again, like I like the taste of it. It's more just the texture of it that I don't like. It's it's kind of weird. And I'm definitely I'm a carnivore. I'm a meat eater, uh, king and queens. But I'm also a wheat eater. Like I sniff bread and I will just eat noodles and rice for That's the rest of my life. That James, you're not supposed to. Up the nostril, dude. Dude, seriously, if I, could, if I could, I mean, I probably would sniff flour and people be like, oh my God, James, what did you do? It's like, it's flour, dude. <laughs> we have a tremendous amount of flour in this apartment. If you'd ever like to have flour. If you want to come over and snort some of our flour. We got a lot of flour. So much. And multiple different kinds, too. Not All just right, one get kind. my vaccine right now, dude. <laughs> so I can go over and sniff some flour, dude. Let's go. I'm very happy to not feel like I hate foods. No, oh, yeah, you know, it's I, just, great... I guess I feel lucky that I don't. Yeah, I like I said, I don't eat some stuff, but not for reasons of whether it's tasty or not. No, so it... it's yeah. I, I, and I dude, but but before before I started not eating those foods, I would absolutely eat anything, and that. There's some stories involved with that. <laughs> maybe, maybe probably shouldn't have. Maybe probably not the best choices. At I the mean, time. look. All I'm gonna say is pizza sitting out on your bed. I, I I agree with you, David. I wish I was like that. Again, it's like I'm not picky because I want to be fussy or whatever. But it's just you know, I it's, there is that gag reflex on certain things that I can't control sometimes. Yeah. You know, and it's frustrating. I wish I could be the guy like David. We went to. You know, when we were in Evo Japan, he goes to the breakfast thing and he's just eating up all the natto, you know? He's like, oh, I'm totally down to try all this stuff, Very you good. know? Like, I wish I was like that, honestly. I wish I, I didn't have that problem because food is delicious. And there's a lot of things out there that are really, really good that you would never think about trying. But like I said, it's hard for me to control a lot of that, which is kind of weird, so. I ever tell you how I liked crunchy peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Like crunchy from what? <laughs> the toast, uh, so the toast, mom, right? The toast, obviously, like the toasted bagel. How I, I like my mom the crunchy for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and she would make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, not toasted. And then I would walk outside to our swing set, oh, which God. had sand under it, and I would take a little bit of sand and I would put it in the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> And I would eat the peanut butter and jelly, and it would be nice and crunchy. <laughs> you never did that. You ate rocks. You ate, you ate rocks. Yeah. This is why you eat apple cores. <laughs> did your mom know about this? I'm sure she did not. Yeah, she would have stopped it for sure. Oh my god! What the <laughs> fuck was wrong with you? Oh, it's incredible. Oh yeah. How have I never heard this before? How am uh, I yeah. the one with the gravelly voice? Uh, that doesn't make any sense, dude. <laughs> very oh funny. my very god. Funny. You anyway, that's how I did chopping on glue sticks, man, for sure. I, I'm not a barbarian. I never did that. That sounds gross. Oh. That sounds gross. Next question. Ooh. A couple of days ago, I was eating a strawberry, and I could tell that it was moldy. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to eat another strawberry, but I finished eating that strawberry. Yep, I figured you would. All right, here's the next question. Let's move on. So, uh, um, Zisu on Discord asks, 
Ultra David, what made you come around on Marvel 3, going from loving it to hating it to loving it again? Well, uh, I think it's a super, super fun game to watch, and I in, and I enjoyed watch aspects of watching it the whole time. So when the game came out, like it was... First of all, I, I hadn't played a Marvel game before that, so it was new to me in that sense. I mean, I had played Marvel too, but like not competitively. So it was it was a new, interesting challenge. And at that time, I was really only playing Street Fighter Four. I don't remember if Mortal Kombat had come out before or after, but I think it came out after. And so it was really just I was looking for a different game, and Marvel Three was super different. So I liked it, and I played a lot of it, and I felt like there was a lot of exploration that I really enjoyed. And those are all things that I think are just like factually true about the game, that it has great exploration and it's awesome. Quit thinking about the sand, Tubbleware. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it had a lot of cool stuff going for it. <laughs> and then for a while Like Sands through it... an Ultra David, so are the days of our lives. <laughs> oh. Man, I'm not gonna stop thinking about that all night. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought the game was stupid because it got it had a phase where, or at least my understanding of it was that it had a phase. Maybe I was wrong, but the way that I viewed it was that it became too simple and easy, and that it didn't have a compelling neutral game, and that you know some characters were just so strong that they just weren't worth playing against, and you could play well an entire round and then lose instantly, and. Uh, I just I felt that it was very hard to manage zaniness, and I didn't know how to do that really at the time. And so I guess I guess I felt it was like a scrub game for a while, and it was not worth spending any time on. So I I sold my disc, and I you know didn't even watch. I stopped commentating it. Like my my commentary on it from that era began to get really bad. I could tell. <laughs> like, I was not invested in it. I didn't know what was going on anymore because I wasn't actively playing it, and I just became really bad at it. So, uh, that went on for, I don't know, maybe a year? Something like that? And then as far as, like, why I started to think it was good again, I kind of think it was just me thinking about stuff in general and, like, getting older and viewing things differently than before. I don't know that there was, like, one specific moment that made me change my mind, but it was just... You know, I, I reevaluated what could be interesting and good in fighting games and, and what could be fun and what was how you could manage risk. And I just I thought I thought differently about fighting games at some point. And Marvel three was one of the games that was kind of prompting that. Mm -hmm. You know, people who I thought were smart really liked the game. People who I thought were weren't scrubs were really liking the game and they were playing the game and so I was like, why are these people who I think are cool and I respect playing this game that's, that I think is so dumb? Like, are they dumb? No. So what is it about the game that they like? And I just, I try to think Samurai Showdown is fun, man! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think there's... That game actually did make me think about things differently than before. And mm -hmm. although I didn't come around to liking the game, I, I at least thought about, you know, how I... <laughs> how I thought about the game right. differently after having thought about it for some time. In part because, yeah, you guys who I think are, who I respect, like, you like the game, and I was like, well, they're not idiots, so, like, what's the deal? Dude, you should uh, watch... Yeah, I, I think that's what happened in, in Marvel 3, and I'm glad that it did, because it had a big impact on games that I then felt like are some of my favorites. Marvel 3, I feel like, is one of my favorite fighting games. 
I don't think if I had thought differently that I would have come back around to Third Strike, which for a while I hated, for the same reason, thinking it's like a sort of zany scrub game where you couldn't manage risk. And Killer Instinct, I felt the same way. Zany scrub game that you couldn't manage risk in. Like Games that I feel are some of my favorites are that way. And I, I'm glad that I rethought it. I mean, so honestly... Is he figured out that he's a zany scrub. <laughs> I can definitely play zany scrub. Why not? I would actually be curious to see what you would think about watching some of my Samurai Showdown streams. I've had some people using Sogetsu on the stream and like... The shit that they are doing with Sogetsu's bubble is like, oh god, it's so beautiful, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any knowledge about the game right now. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I, I razz on you guys sometimes, but I, it's not really my position that the game's like good or bad now. Right, I just don't right. know what's up with it. They've done a good job with the way that the game is changed and balanced. It's still simple, obviously, but oh man, I only just bring it up because when I saw the Sogetsu stuff that they were doing, the first person I thought of was you, David, and I was just like, man, you would actually cool. David would actually get a kick out of what this guy is doing with the bubble, dude. It's 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 so cool. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't see what the big deal is with an Apple Core. Just eat it. It's disgusting. It has terrible. It has no flavor. It feels bad as bad mouth feel. Just it's just gonna take like a two seconds. Just do it. Why you don't have to eat that? But <clears throat> you're right forcing there. yourself to do it. I mean, I don't know. Forcing's the right term. It's just. It's not enjoyable, man. All right. So here's my question. Well, <laughs> are we are we done with the mailbag here? No. No, oh, we're not. God. We have two oh, more. That was it. Okay. Phil Rufio on Twitter asks, would you want robotic arms, robotic legs, or neither? Oh my god. Uh, legs for sure. 100% robotic legs. It's not even a question for me. What's your reasoning? I'm assuming that these aren't like Star Wars level prosthetics where you have like the same feel you would with your hands and your fingertips, you know? So if I'm not going to feel something... Legs is the way to go. Also, I imagine if they're robotic legs, I could just fucking go as long as the battery lasts, right? Like, I'm just I'm just chilling. I could walk anywhere. It wouldn't really bother me. Whereas if I want to walk eight miles right now, I would fucking die. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think the legs is the way to go. I have had probably close to maybe three or four dozen nights in the past year where I wish I could chop my legs off. Like, I'm not even joking to you because of how miserable restless legs are to trying to sleep. If yeah, it sucks. I, I've done that. If I had the option for robotic legs so that I didn't have to ever have restless legs again in my entire lifetime, sign me up, dude. Like, seriously, because that shit is the worst. I, 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 even just last week, I had a night like that, and it's, it is absolutely, like, that's when I saw that question, I was just like, like, there's just no even choice for me, dude. Like, killing, killing my legs would just be, like, the perfect way. I might actually get to a normal sleep schedule if I could do that, honestly. Isn't that um, as much mental as physical? I think so. I'm not sure. Because when I get it on an airplane, 
I can get rid of it by watching a movie and not paying attention to it or by playing a particularly engrossing game. Um, Mm. And then it'll go away as long as I can keep my mind off of it. So I think it's one, I think it's part and parcel of both. But when it starts up, like no matter what, when I'm trying to sleep, because you can't distract yourself really when you're trying to sleep, I, I can't get rid of it. Like it's it's impossible. Well, I'm, so I'm just saying I, I don't know that having non-human legs would be the solution if it's yeah you might still get that tingle. Yeah, because I mean there there are people who are amputees who have itchy arms or whatever that they yeah i mean that's the question right would it manifest itself in another part of my body is that a thing that's gonna happen i'm just saying you might feel it in your legs that don't exist yeah yeah people people feel that way oh interesting yeah i mean that would suck but i'm definitely looking up this stuff that funko is talking about in the chat over here uh, gabapentin or rope and roll because like I'll tell you something uh, he says it helps with the dope like it has to do with dopamine levels but like honestly um, uh, I've read so many different things like I've been taking magnesium pills every day because I heard that that actually helps as well so I'm definitely uh, looking up all this stuff to help with restless legs. So I'm, because I have tried everything. I've even taken CBD oils just to try to help myself get to sleep and stuff. And like, oh God, no, nothing is as powerful as the restless legs. The restless legs actually just completely uh, override everything. It's really annoying. Oof. Well, my answer to this is that I'd like to be as much robot as possible. Um, maybe not my brain. Brain's pretty cool. But as far as the rest of my stuff, my joints are not built to like withstand living very well. Right. So if I could replace those with things that did, in fact, allow me to play sports again or whatever it is, that would be pretty great. That's my answer. We have one last question. Kuya Milifune. Please let me know if that's how it's pronounced because that's how I've always said it in my head. But let me know if that's wrong. On YouTube says, is it better to have A, guilty until proven innocent? 100% of scumbags get convicted and punished, but 10% of those convicted and punished were actually innocent. Or, innocent until proven guilty. Have only 50% of scumbags get convicted and punished, but 0% of those convicted and punished were actually innocent. What do you prefer? Guilty until proven innocent or innocent until proven guilty? Uh, I like when the innocent don't get punished. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the one I go with. Yep, I definitely am on team Even innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, I obviously I am as well. The hardest part is that even on that team, the innocent get... <laughs> punished anyway a lot so but that's a whole well, other discussion right so. that's that's in the practical world that we live in unfortunately but if this was it's just a question right like which one would you prefer in general and right yeah innocent until proven guilty for sure um yeah that is I, like i don't even have like a great reason for that that's like one of the base principles i guess for me you know like there's things where you're just like i don't need to reason myself into this it's just like how i I have been socialized to feel, and I think that's one of them for me. Okay. Yeah, I would just feel if I had to make that choice, I would feel too guilty for sure sending 10% of people to jail that don't belong. Mm-hmm. That sucks. <clears throat> Even if it means, you know, criminals go unpunished. Like, whatever. I will absolutely let half the scumbags get away. Yep. Yeah. But 
I mean, the if this is the the question, right? Where the question like posits fifty percent will get away, but um, hey, the actual like murder solution rate by police in this country is about fifty percent. High five, everybody! <laughs> Woo! We're doing <sighs> great. All right, that's it. That's I've, all the mailbags I got. I've definitely taken yeah. Ambien. I've definitely taken Ambien before Funko, uh, and it's made me do some strange things as Ambien does. So I'm kind of scared to take that. It has been the most effective way for me to sleep, but now I'm also worried: Am I actually asleep the whole time? <laughs> well, you know what will help you sleep, James? It won't leave you feeling weird. Well, yeah. Marijuana, baby, yeah. 420, YOLO, blaze it up. I mean, that's why I said... I want to 420, James Chan, baby. That's why I said I've tried some CBD oils recently. No, 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 no. I'm talking about <laughs> rolling up a big fucking doink out in Burbank or wherever you are and smoking that shit up and going to sleep for the night. <clears throat> that's Trust what me, I'm talking I have about. definitely... Those active ingredients, baby. I've gotten very close to doing that. Like that's where I mean, you can walk down the street and go to weed dispensaries. Dude, my weed—I have a weed dispensary literally within walking distance of my house. Like I just said, you can literally walk there. Yeah, I could do it. I could hundred percent do it. So I just have to convince myself. That's all. So that's all. Most people are cool on it. Oh yeah, for sure. It's just—it's for me. It's just one of those things that I have to try it out and make sure that I'm in a safe environment to do it. Because you've mentioned I mean, before... I, I would never smoke marijuana, ever. No, it's not for Tubbo. Because no. No. I, know, I know for you, David... <laughs> my whole life. I know for you, David, you said it's it actually makes you more paranoid, right? So, like... For, I have a terrible reaction on it, yeah. yeah. Um, not just paranoid, but uh, like a physical kind of like, I feel mm -hmm. my airways block up and it just is really... It's a real bad time, so it's right. not something that I will do, but... Uh, that that's a real rarity my is my understanding that i just okay. happen to have whatever in my body chemistry that's not cool with it i don't know okay all right well that's it everybody we did no, it. hey we not did. yet hang on hang on oh, wait wait a minute wait hang, a minute wait a minute what about this is this something that we want to address today right here oh. right now 760 words for the first story called What Year Ugh. Is It? A little vignette about what happens after an important step in Jake's life. Author has written four <laughs> stories for Avatar. Do we do the first one here? I, I, I mean, if you want to, that's fine with me. I yeah, it's going to take a while to read, it looks like. I, I don't remember any of this. I'm assuming that this is me. I just honestly don't recall, but it seems likely based on Let's, the let's ask the chat. Do you guys want us to put this in the next week's show, or do you want us to do it right now? Oh, they're going to say right now. I, like I said, I mean, I'm not going to do all four of them, because one of them is 3,787 words, right? The first one's just wow. 760, right? I can do this one now and save the big long one for next week or something like that. What do you guys <laughs> People think? People are saying special event next Tuesday. Just a taste. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's up to you guys. All right, all right. I think so, we should just fit this into the show for next week. The other question is, do you want me to have the text on screen as I read it, or do you just want to hear James' narration without the text so you guys can't actually read ahead? So that's, that's the question. What do you guys actually want? Do you prefer to see the text, or would you actually just have me uh, say... Uh, 
which, by the way, it starts off with, this is my first ever stab at fan fiction. Yes, Avatar is just that awesome. So I'm keeping it short. Let me know if you like it. Yes! Avatar is just that awesome. That's so Ultra great. Game. Circa 2008 or whatever the fuck That's it was. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man. Avatar is just that awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> man, you're a big nerd. I love you so I much. Guess. So, what do you guys want? Do you want me to start now? Or do you want me to just, do you want to do a special day? Do you want the 760 word preview and then we'll save the 3,000 word essay for next week? Oh my god. Don't do the 3,000. That's going to honestly take too long. Every, oh, so we're getting kind of half right. and half here. Let's just hit the 700 one now, and then we can figure out the other All shot All right, later. fine, fine. And again, do you want me to have the text on screen, or do you want me just to read? I don't even know who these characters are, so I don't even know if I'm doing the right voices or anything like that. So we got to leave our reactions up. This is... This is a reaction show right, now. Right, right. Keep the faces oh, no. on screen. Okay. I don't remember most of the characters either. Uh, but it was so awesome, David. I uh, Avatar was that awesome. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> Man, you must have been going through some stuff. All right, all right, here we go. Let's, let's, sure. let's read the oh, first one right. here. Let's. All right, so you guys ready for this? The first one here? You ready for this? I'm all right. right. I'm so ready. I woke up in the VA hospital. Ugh, what year is it? My my legs are itchy, but I don't know. I I can't feel the blanket down there. What what happened? How long have I been here? God, are, are they ever going to let me leave? Screw them. I'm just going to get up and run out. I accidentally let my scream go audible. A nearby nurse chuckled and reached for my IV. Uh, that ended that day pretty quick. My eyes turned back in my head to those dreams of green again. The trees were running under me, running in like a race, running like a man caught in a flood trying to get to higher ground. Or maybe the trees were the flood? I saw more trees in a five-minute dream than I'd seen in the last five years. And more running than I guess I'd do in the next five, too. Let my dreams never end, I thought. I want to stay forever in my dreams. I want my dreams to be my life. At least that way I can get some fresh air. Ah, one of these days, someone's going to come by and tell me it's time to wheel my broken ass out of this wasteland and head back home. The only green I'll ever see there is my face in the mirror. I thought. I mean, the jealous kind, because if I'm looking in a mirror, that means I'm awake, and if I'm awake, I'm jealous of myself from later that night where I'd be able to sleep and finally get back to living. I swear when this is all over, the last color I'm going to see in the mirror is pink. I woke up in the VA hospital again. This time there were more faces nearby. One leaned over me. It was a pretty face, but I could even tell, I could tell even through my haze that it had been seen its sheer, share of years and trouble. Isn't that how things go in the military, I thought? You got a life and they take it from you like it's theirs, which I guess it is. 
Why'd she sign up for this place? Her hair was thin and fiery. That's about right, I thought. Make get. Yeah, I know you can hear. Come on. I... Yeah, leave me alone, bastards. Take my life from me and won't even let me sleep. Let me dream of green and running. Let me fly through the air. Let me pretend I'm real for a little longer before I see my legs again. Bastards! I want to dream my life away. I want my dreams to be my life. Jake, wake up. That was a crazy, that was a pretty crazy stunt, Marine. Marine, I, I'm, oh, I felt my body trying to jump until it remembered it was broken. I smelled antiseptic and tasted soap. What, what, what year is it? Let the guy sleep a little longer. I've seen this before. There can be a serious reaction when a very strong mind is thrust into a separate neural network. It wants to reorganize its new brain immediately, and that can lead to temporal disorganization in the mind itself. I can't believe he ran that far. And frankly, it's amazing that he managed to wake up and even talk a bit for, before collapsing. Like, I don't know my own research, Max. Look. I don't think we have to worry about this idiot having that level of brain power, okay? Actually, and this is very exciting, if I can show you his charts! The voices droned out and I began to hear whispering instead, whispering like thousands of people chattering in some foreign language through one of those old telephones left face up at the other end of the museum. I know it's weird, but I swear, I swear... I could hear smiles. I opened up my eyes again and talked about without thinking. It was real, wasn't it, Dr. Augustine? I felt the earth with my toes. Oh my God, it was real. It's real, all right. Except that wasn't earth, Marine. Wake up. Don't you remember where you are? I lifted my head and smiled. Yeah, I remember. I just don't know if I'm done dreaming. The end. <laughs> well, good job, James. You did the best that you could with the material. Green, like my face. Get it in the mirror, green. Yeah, that did was, you get that green? Oh. That was not not the best. <laughs> oh, that was, no, that was that was definitely the best. Does this, that does was this incredible does this sound does this sound oh, familiar at all to you, David? It honestly doesn't, but oh. I, I mean, it's probably it's got to be me. Just if <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That that part was not the best. That the was part, no. That was some, incredible. Some parts of it, I honestly think, pretty good, but other parts, definitely. Uh, <laughs> oh my dreams to be real. <laughs> oh man. All okay. right. Good job, David. I'm Thanks, proud of you, buddy. Yep, that was a tough time. You made it through. <laughs> That's all that matters. Uh, hey, man. Was I high? That I, was... No, I'm... Oh, go ahead. So, I mentioned this when we, uh, <laughs> when we first talked about this, but uh, the reason that I cared about Avatar at all was that a uh, girl broke up with me, like, right before I saw it, and right. I was, like, really upset. And so, you know... Some things, when yeah, no. something like that happens, just, like, take on more meaning for whatever reason. I had a friend who was, this is true, was extremely into the movie Dude, Where's My Car? For yeah, exactly yeah. the same reason. No, I mean, it's he, thought, he thought it was the best movie. We were like, what are you... But Dude, it, it, it's, you know. 
it's interesting that you mentioned that. My brother, there was one time, I think it was at his high school or something, he lost his wallet. And, you know, as a kid, when you're, you're a teenager or whatever, that's kind of traumatic and it's very upsetting and it's frustrating. You had a lot of money. Well, like $10, $20 for teenager. Yeah. That was a lot of money. And he was very depressed. And my best friend in junior high took me and my brother and treated us at our little dollar theater to see Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And it cheered him up so much that, like, to this day, it's still one of his favorite movies of all time. Like, and I mean, it's a great movie it's anyway. Movie. <laughs> but, you know, for him, it was, like, amazing just because, you know, it meant so much uh, that our, my friend did that, you know, and it, it cheered him up so much. So just like this, uh, these... Uh, these uh, fanfics cheered us all up on the on the on the screen. Screen like my face. Like always, <laughs> now it's not green. It was green. It was actually green until I said that. Now it's right. not. <laughs> now see oh. that was only seven hundred and sixty words. We have about let's say four thousand two four thousand uh, three hundred four thousand three hundred like another seven thousand five hundred words to go. Oh jeez. Between Christ. all of it's, these, so. it's a no. funny bit, but I don't know if it's seven thousand words. <laughs> it's not worth all that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's another one that's only 512 words, so maybe if, we could do that. I one. mean, if you if you want to have like a special stream where you do it, that's cool. But maybe not on the Tuesday show. It's yeah. a lot. Uh, we'll have people vote on that. Do they want to hear the next 3,700? We do it once a week. 3,787 no. words on the Dude, next one. I mean, you'll be I streaming thought, that by yourself. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious, but I I don't know if I'd stick around for that. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, it's all good, DJ Blues. I, you know, it was a, yeah, it was a crappy few weeks or whatever it was until I felt better about it. But, yeah. I mean, let's just put it this way. This is the way the, the 3000 one starts, and this is a bunch of the words in there. It says, I loved Avatar, but I wish certain parts of it were explained with a little more depth than was possible in a regular length film. This is a collection of the human characters. This is a collection of the human characters' video logs that give more background and believability to the personalities and actions of characters of both races and introduce some story arcs and twists that either build upon or weren't in the original film. As I imagine them, there are complex characters whose actions have much more weight behind them than just a new love, a sudden change of heart, an evil hatred, or a profit motive. I'd appreciate it if you let me know what you think. Check back soon for new chapters. That's definitely, that's, uh, I'm being so explicit there that like, I'm just imparting meaning to this stuff that actually doesn't <laughs> exist. It's like very explicit in that statement <laughs> that like, <laughs> I'm like forcing there to be meaning when there's not. Oh man. Makes sense, considering the time. <laughs> all right. Any case, that's all, all right. for all right, the day, I think. Yay. So let us definitely uh, bird ourselves. Bird them. There you go. You can guys can hear that, right? You can. Yeah, all right. Perfect. And as soon as the birds come on, so do my cats. They're here, so they're like, you know what? That's food time. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.